you not heard A2M? Uh-uh. Ass to mouth? Wait, is that by Winger? No. Oh. <laughs> Winger <laughs> by ass to mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to Musical Squares, the show where four friends sit around and talk about an album, and then we rate it and put it on a list. What a hot and fiery intro, Nick. How's it going today, guys? It's going stellar. I'm fine. Feels like it's been forever. It has been. It's been an eternity. I think in show business, this will be one week later. It definitely will be, but uh, just a little little inside baseball here. It has been a while since we've talked last time, so uh, I've had quite a while with the album we're going to talk about today would you call um, it an infinite void of celestial time yeah i call it more like a couple weeks it's very topical yeah it says i'm segueing i like that yeah well um uh, my name is nick i'm dennis i'm max i'm brett and we are the musical squares Oh, we are. Is that what, is that what the is that what the title meant? <laughs> Maybe. I actually don't See, remember. It's, it has it has multiple the meanings. Joke. There's the game musical chairs, where you know, and it goes in an order. We're 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 dorks. We're, we're silly little losers. I am so. not. It's a little it's a little self deprecation. <clears throat> yeah, so that people don't feel alarmed when they listen to us. Yeah, they're like they're, they're like, hey, I could I could be as cool as these guys. They're smart, but they're nice. Hold on. Side note: Do people think we're smart? I don't know. I don't like, know. You were saying that we're in, like in, as if we intimidate them with our intelligence or well, something? Well, no, it's more like we don't want to seem like we're intimidating. Yeah. But, but we actually fucking are. I don't I don't think anything we've talked about you don't think is going to make people think that we're hyper intelligent. Really staggering. <laughs> I mean, it is to me. Is that the show we were going for? Yeah, dude. Just hyper intelligent music criticism. Uh, we're so fucking we're smart. Some smooth <laughs> things. Miss the mark. Just change it. Next podcast, we're going to change the name to We're Smart Boys. <laughs> We're somewhere in between fart jokes and valid criticism. Yeah, we try to give you a little bit of validation for listening to us. So today, we're talking about an album that I picked last time, um, band called Pagan's Mind, and their album Celestial Entrance. Um, I guess we'll start off and uh, talk a little bit about this band in general. Um, they are a uh, Norwegian progressive power metal band that formed in the year 2000. Uh, on this record... Um, as of uh, this is their second album sophomore release and uh they are a six piece at this point um and uh overall they've released uh five records today um the last one being in 2011 um, released five today to date <laughs> but um yeah and uh with keep the it up, keep it rolling there. With, with the exception of uh losing their second guitar player they've kept the same lineup the entire time um, it's always impressive when bands do that. Yeah, yeah. They're, which which guitar player died? Because watching the video, is it the guy that looks like Reese from Malcolm in the Middle? The one with the long hair. Okay. Yeah, he died. It's that not sucks. the lead guitar player. Yeah, the lead guy. So um, uh, the member wise, we have um, uh, on vocals uh, Nils K. Rue, who I will probably call King K. Rule on accident <laughs> a couple times. Um, Jorn Vigo. That's probably a reference. <laughs> Jorn Vigo Lofstad on the lead guitar. Uh, Stian Christofferson on drums. Ronnie Tegnar on keyboards. And uh, Steinjar Krokmo on bass. And Thornstein Abbey on guitar, who's the one who actually tragically passed away a couple years after uh, this album came out. Um, this was the last album he was on. Um, but he died in uh, 2007. He was only 36. Was he on the music video for this? Yeah. 
They had a music video? I'm not seeing Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. He's he the might... one with the gray in the booklet. He's He's, he's got not, the... He's not wearing the hoodie, so... He's not wearing the hoodie, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell. She, you want to do something fucking weird real quick? Um, so, like, I knew that the guitar player Thor- Thornstein died. Um, but I guess I had just read that a long time ago and I thought he had brain cancer and like I did some research into that just to be sure that I was right when I mentioned this dude that guy died from like some fucked up shit like something I've never fucking heard of like he uh so like I guess they were touring like after this record came out and like after this record came out is kind of when they like ascended a bit like they played prog power so they played like the US for the first time and uh he started having like like spells where he would just like faint and like he would get like really bad headaches and so afterwards i guess he went and got checked out and he had something in his head and like they thought it was like a tumor or something you know and then upon (laughs) doing research on it you found out that it's the super rare thing that he had like the cells or some shit of his twin still in him and it started growing like in his head i was gonna make like a tasteless joke about something like that no just it, now it's it, that's what happened and like it had like developed like hands and shit and fingernails Whoa. and stuff and like i guess they surgically tried to remove it but it like fucked up his brain so much he, he like he died that's insane it's fucking crazy he was only 36 i mean that like he's young, young as shit yeah it's wild yeah, it's fucking crazy but yeah so he, he he had to quit pagan's mind because um you know they were kind of like constantly doing stuff and touring and recording and stuff and um he still played music even when he was sick like he he was in like a motley crew cover band called wild side or something and like he did like local stuff like town but like he couldn't like be a part of like a super active band anymore and then he, he died like a few years later it's really sad that sucks yeah it does but you know at least he was part of a couple of their records you know but um yeah hmm. No, so yeah, but yeah, this album, uh, their second one, came out in 2002, uh, mixed by Frederick Nordstrom. <laughs> How about that? Of the Nordstroms? No. Oh. From Dream Evil. Oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> and he produced, like, At the Gates, In Flames, Arch Enemy. Um, Have you ever been to Nordstrom's, though? <laughs> I've been to Nordstrom's before. I've gotten, I think I've gotten some clothes there. Nice. Frederick Nordstrom's great, though. He's awesome. There's a Nordstrom's at the mall. Continue, Nick. Uh, but yeah, um, I figure we could talk about um uh, our exposures to this band and whatnot. Um, go uh, go around. I'll go last. Um, because uh, I probably have like the longest weird like roundabout story about that. But um, uh, Dennis, uh, were you familiar with this band before we did this record? Or uh, I heard the name years ago, and I never listened to them. I had no idea what kind of band they were. What about you, Max? Um, <clears throat> I knew this band because of you. Um, I've been meaning to listen to them for years, and just never got around to it. So that's my history with them. Yeah. What about you, Brett? I remember you listening to them in high school, and when uh, when we started listening to him, them for this, I was like, why did I not get into this? And then I watched the music video, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. that's why. There's yeah. an image issue. A little bit. It's, <laughs> it's the early 2000s. It's okay. What, what song did they do a video goes. for? Through Osiris Eyes. They had one for Aging and Shores, too, but he's thinking of the through Osiris Eyes one because I remember we saw that at the same time. You know, the what pops into my mind when I think of a band from 2000, a power metal band from 2002 doing a music video and it being bad, the first thing that pops into mind is um, 
all those like warehouse videos that bands did at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they were just wearing like leather clothes in an empty warehouse. Every, that was it. Every box That's it. is behind. Yeah. And the camera spins around him. It's a little yeah. cooler than that. And then like, <laughs> there's a part where he's looking at the camera, like rolling his eyes back in his head. You know the creepy part in the verse? Like Chris Angel shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's badass. But he's must he's on some <laughs> kind of platform that's like rolling with the camera, so he's like. And it goes gliding. kind of fucking crazy, and nice. there's like you know his his like image is like going behind him and stuff. He does, so, dude, yeah. And all I can think when I see music videos like that, where they don't, where the it's really two thousand eight, where the, the, the singer doesn't have a microphone or anything like that, just because I mean we've been on have the you other. Seen the video? No. You know it though. But I mean, we've we've been <laughs> on. You're naming the problems. We've been on the other side of those kind of music videos where it's very awkward <laughs> to Th- perform. Yeah. It's very very awkward. Thorstein, the fucking guitar player who died, is like the only one who's like just like real rocker in that video. He's just cool yeah (laughs) he does the intro when like they actually the video that they shot um has the approaching and through osiris eyes like Mm. there's like a long version so it's like you know a 10 minute video and like when they go into through osiris eyes like that that first you know like he's the one who does it but like he does like this cool shot where he just fucking like does his hair just in his face and he's just fucking It, it it sounds lame, but it but it looks cooler than All anything that any of them do. In the, the drummer's video. wearing <laughs> the drummer's wearing a fishnet shirt over a pagan's mind shirt. I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Put it under. I love it when bands wear their own shirts in their photos. I respect it. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so <laughs> my introduction to this band is actually a little weird. But uh, basically, the Cliff Notes version is uh, I found them when I was a teenager, um, just through you know, researching random bands. More particularly, I was really into this Firewind record. Uh, it's their third one, Forged in Fire. Nation for Yes, yeah. So, fighting for democracy. So the singer on that Firewind record is named uh, Chitty. And uh, he... <laughs> oh, um, Chitty Bang Bangs? Yes. <laughs> but um, he... I don't uh, like it anymore. I really... I, I like that singer. He's, he's very, he's very like, Dio clone singer, but he's, like, got a bit more of, like, a modern touch to him. And, uh, he uh he was only on that one firewind record and i remember looking him up on metal archives to try to see what other bands he was in because i was curious of what else he had done and i saw the drummer uh on that record for firewind was the drummer for pagan's mind uh and uh stian or whatever and um i saw his the only reason i was drawn to his page at all was because his uh other bands like in the metal archive section was so fucking long (laughs) Like, he's in, like, fucking 30 bands or whatever. And I was like, what the hell? And, and I just remember seeing Pagan's Mind on there, and I had, like, clicked through him because I had time to do that. And, uh, <laughs> and like, Pagan's Mind was the one other band, I think, that he was in that was, like, a like a power metal band. And I was like, I've never heard of them. So then I think I had it in the back of my head. One day me and Brett were YouTube surfing, as we used to do when we were, like, 15, 16. And uh, I uh, came across... That, that through Osiris Eyes video watched it and I remember it not really like striking me like like I liked it immediately it was more like I thought it was a little weird like I <laughs> like I didn't understand like the structure and the, the the sound they were going for because like your brain was too little it, yeah time. well I mean like I should I should preface this entire uh, conversation with the fact that just saying that like power metal especially back then and to an extent now it was it is my shit like, I mean, like, it, it's just, it's always been my thing, you know? And, like, uh, I, I'm i not as, like, well-versed in it now as in, like, keeping up with, like, the modern stuff. But, I mean, like, that that type of 
music really stands out for me. This is this is very much me when I was seventeen. This that that was like my peak power metal phase, and now, like you said, I don't listen to it a lot anymore, but I still love it. Yeah, but but back then I was like, it was all I listened to was power metal. But like I couldn't get enough of this type of shit. But like um, this band kind of treads the waters into that progressive territory where like it was just a little bit weird for me because like I, I was also kind of the power metal fan where like I didn't listen to too much stuff like Symphony X or things like that. Like it was I, I knew those bands and I liked some of their stuff, but like I uh I was more like, you know, if you if you're claiming to be a power metal band and, you know, you haven't had a dragon on one of your album covers, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Like I mean like Rhapsody got it. For me it was if if, if you weren't if you didn't do double bass in every song, I don't want it. <laughs> It's not all fast songs. <laughs> I like arena rockers. I like mid tempo sometimes too. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. When I was, I was when you were saying that this was, you know, just progressive enough. It's kind of interesting to think. Um, for for the time, this was very progressive for power metal. As it is now, it's not. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not as deep into it as like i thought it was when i first heard it that's for sure um but that's more for like overall opinions i guess but i'm uh yeah i'd say that like you know i i had this album this is the one that i bought and uh i had it for years and it it took a long time to click for me um but it kind of just slowly like over the years just kind of snuck its way in and i found myself just listening to it a lot and like and and i i don't know um uh, and i thought it'd be an interesting one for us all to talk about because i know that none of you guys had never really like listened to this band much at least you know you guys want to talk about the album cover sure all right uh a lot of blue going on here it's it's uh, pretty silly it's fairly typical for this era of power metal with the exception of a, a literal fucking stargate on the fucking cover and on the back and on the CD. I like that. I just want to point out <laughs> on the last episode, um, one of us said, Isn't that about Stargate? And you said, No, not really. When there's a, <laughs> it's just funny because there's a Stargate well, on the cover and there's a song called Entrance Stargate. Well, I, I, I thought he was asking if the whole record was about Stargate. Like, and I was like, I was like, No, no like, I mean, th- th- can, I, can I read a quote from the singer? <laughs> yes. I know <laughs> on, exactly which one you're going to read. <laughs> on, on Wikipedia. Their music is influenced by Stargate, especially the theatrical film. In an interview, frontman Nils K. Rue said, King K. Rool. I wouldn't say I like the TV series Stargate because I never saw an entire episode of that, but I really like the film Stargate. Of course, I took some inspiration from that. They're so, they, they did a whole Stargate album, but they won't watch one episode of the show. He's a true fan. <laughs> Kurt Russell or Bust. I love the movie, He's and a- I've also never seen the show, but... I would do some more research if I was doing a whole you know Stargate, Stargate themed fucking band. You know what happened was he start he turned on the show and he said, "I can't wait to watch Kurt Russell on an episode of TV." No Kurt Russell, he turned it off. <laughs> Isn't uh, MacGyver in that? MacGyver yes. is Kurt Russell. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. He's the same character. Yes. Yes. Oh, and then later on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> later on. <laughs> I get why he doesn't want to watch it. <laughs> He's like, hey, Nils, can't fucking King K. Rool watch it. I just, oh my, no. <laughs> Later on, the uh, the two main characters from Farscape both end up on Stargate. Kind of a bit of a Farscape <clears throat> reunion. I'm so fucking lost right now. What's, uh, 
That's a TV show. That's a different one. Farscape is a fan. It's a. Okay. It's by the Henson Company. Yeah, there's a there's oh. a there's a Henson puppet character named Rigel who's really funny. Stargate or Farscape is a fantastic show. It is really good. I've never seen Farscape. You were talking about it. Mm-hmm. I remember. I've been, I've been watching it for a while. You guys it's ever played RuneScape? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have. I got banned from RuneScape. Nice. Yeah, we were selling girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> wow, human trafficking, huh? <laughs> I dated a boy. <laughs> Those were wild yeah. times. The, the one thing I remember that I did in RuneScape was um, someone was, you know, we were like in, in, the, in the city, and someone was like, can someone guide me to so-and-so castle? And I said, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> and I just opened up the map, and I clicked on a spot. This guy followed me for probably 10 minutes. And we ended up some some random city, and he was like, where are we going? And I said, I don't know, and it logged out. <laughs> it's so fun to be mean to people in that game. It's such a silly game, and people are so serious. Well. So, so anyways. Oh, um, what were we talking about? The album cover? The album cover, yes. It's it's pretty silly. It's uh, it's pretty silly. I think it fits the theme. I mean, it that works. They go for. It, it does a good job of illustrating what the album's going to sound like. It, yeah, I mean, it's very Windows XP. Yes. Yeah, it's like early digital art. <laughs> yeah. I get the the kind of um That's cool though. The ancient sci fi vibe immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I think it does a good job representing the It's both generic and super specific. Yeah. I think I think it works for like I said, what they're going for. I, I feel like I'm gonna say this a million times when we get into the songs and everything else, uh, talking about this album, but I know it's not for everyone. But it works. You guys want to get into the songs then? Might as well. All right, let's do it. So this uh, record opens with an intro track called Approaching. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it and Through Osiris Eyes at the same time. I kind of consider them the same track just because they flow mm. so well into each other. Yeah. But I do have some specific notes on the intro. I, that's kind of, I don't I don't really have a lot to say about this song because it's just a, it's a good intro that kind of sets the stage. Yeah, I think it sets It is the, like borrowed riffs from the next song it, i mean it is just like an intro for the song yeah i mean like it, i think it sets the tone uh really well it's not like too showboaty it's just like cool riffs that kind of get you hyped i like mm-hmm. that it's like spacey synth but it's also like egyptian it's like really specific to mm-hmm. the theme yeah yeah they're like they're that. really good at that only works for one like topic and it's stargate <laughs> they found it yeah <laughs> You know what? You know, they were probably, the keyboard player was like, check out this, like, sci-fi Egyptian thing I wrote. And the other guy said, have you seen Stargate? <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie, what you just played. I would not be surprised if um, none of the other members besides Nils had, had ever even seen Stargate. Like, they're, they're just like, whatever. Like, because... It, I just like to play guitar. <laughs> is, is this a concept album? About like Stargate. Half. No, okay, there is a specific note on this. Um, it's not specifically about Stargate. There is a okay. song or two about Stargate, but um, it literally says, hang on, what is this? Sorry, it's in the stupid font, too, so I can't, it's hard to read. I've read through all the lyrics <laughs> a couple times, and I couldn't really tell you what the story's about. It's not, like, that's because it's not, like, a linear concept, like, album. It's, it's just, like, theme-wise, it's kind of about the same stuff, which is, honestly, after this record... This the themes really permeate like all of their albums. Like it's all kind of about the same type of stuff. Like, hmm. but um, uh, this is what it says. It says Celestial Entrance is partly a concept album inspired by some of the theories of Eric von Daniken, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, the mystic parallels of the four religions, and ideas launched by certain open-minded scientists throughout the world. 
So it's about like philosophy and shit like that and space travel and things like that. Okay. The stuff that Stargate's about. Yes. Space. Which, in all honesty, like I said, the, the next album, I was going to say this actually about the album cover, but the thing that used to confuse me about this band is the next album, the cover is like almost identical to this. I thought it was the first one that's like the same thing, but it's like a sideways face. Isn't it? There is a sideways face on the first one, but it's 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 darker in the color scheme. <laughs> and they really had only one idea, huh? Yeah. No, they did a red album cover. Ooh. The fire one, yeah. It's got like an angel. And on the it. and the fourth one has like a it has some, has some titties on the front. Mm. It's a good way Shit. to change it. Up. God's equation. About I was to like, jerk my little when ding I was, dong. When I was younger, I was like, they went Christian, fuck them. No. <laughs> <laughs> No white metal in this house. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I will say though, for approaching, I it, it was hard for me just listening to know when it turned into through Osiris's eyes. Like I didn't realize that approaching was just an intro, and I was listening to it, and I was a track behind because I thought it was just one. Mm because um, they do just flow right into each other. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I kind of consider them just the same song. Yeah. Were you listening on a record? No, I just had I just had Spotify playing in the background at work, so I wasn't keeping an eye on when tracks changed. But um, gotta keep an eye on your interface, man. I <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, when I when I first heard this, um, I think approaching is a good intro. Um, I enjoy it. I'm not crazy about that key tone though. I think it's cool. The keyboards sound kind of... It's like spacey. They kind of sound iffy to me. I like the sound of most of the keyboards on this album. Um, it's that kind of... I'm, I'm a real big sucker for cheesy uh, synthy keyboard sounds that don't sound real. He also doesn't... Yeah. It's like... It's... it's They're dream theater tones. Yeah. It's like... Mm, uh, dream theater had better keyboard tones than this. I, I mean, I don't... I think a lot of their sound is super dream theatery. Yeah. It's obviously a big influence on them. You know, That's for sure. I kind of wrote that down too. I'll just mention it now that the um, you've got a lot of you can tell like all the prog bands were very influential for them, but none of them come through um, too much to I, where it's overwhelming. Yeah, I don't feel like they're aping anybody particularly. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about that yeah, a bit more in the in the overall stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean like um, the keyboards. Um, I will say like. Um, on approaching, I, I think that they're fine. I mean, like I, I like I like the keyboard tones throughout the album. I'm glad that he doesn't utilize like the same exact sound the entire album. <laughs> like he does change it up. It's kind of what I thought. Um, like they're always interesting, at least. Yeah, I think the I think the most jarring is is the is that melody at the beginning of Through Osiris Eyes, like i like it too but i mean like that's the one where you're like you're like oh shit that's a, a weird tone like you know like all of a sudden but yeah i mean that to me right away screamed dream theater i was like oh it's kind of like that dream theater is not the only one to sound like that but i think that's just they're the most identifiable identifiable well in dream theater is it like i said a very obvious if not the most obvious influence on this band. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, uh, whether or not they, they make that their own is to be deciphered, I guess. But Let's find out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, you guys want to go to through Osiris' eyes since we're should already we, kind of halfway talking about it. through Osiris' eyes? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I love it when it 
cuts in. I mean, like, um, I, I usually never like listen to this without listening to approaching first, but if you do, it's still like a cool, like way to start the song. I love that like little proggy rhythm riffing at the beginning with the keyboard lead. Yeah. I I love, I mean, just overall, this song's really, really good. Yeah. Nils especially like comes in like, super strong and confident sounding and like epic man like yeah (laughs) there's no that's you know i use that i use that word a lot but that's the word for it yeah what i what i like about this song and i appreciate is that it's a very weird choice for an opener yeah it's 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 very it's one of the more proggy songs on the album it's mid-paced um and it's you know it's got lots of kind of just weird tempo changes and all that um, and I think that that was a, a great choice. It, I, get, it got me like excited. I think, and this is just, I'm just going to, you know, let it out of the bag. I think this is by far their best song. Like this is the song. If I were to ever show somebody this band, I said, just listen to this one. If you like it, then listen to more. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't man. expecting this that. This song's actually. awesome. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's just got everything. It's not my favorite, but, but it, it is really good. I'd say this is probably my third favorite song on the album. I love the huge... Yeah, that chorus shit is fucking awesome. Dude, the whole, yeah, the whole thing's fucking awesome. And uh, the, the solos, like, the craziest... Yeah. The, I, it's hard, like, you can't really hear the keyboard doing it because it's also doing, like, a string thing, but in the video, like, they're doubling the exact same runs over and over. It's fucking crazy. Now, I will say, song's not all good, because it does <laughs> the goofy-ass heavy parts of this album. Yeah. They, start, they don't <laughs> let you wait until you get to the goofy shit on this album. Um, and you've got his like industrial harsh vocals. The harsh vocal up. thing mm-hmm. uh, was... <laughs> the, the harsh vocal shit was like, the, the biggest turn-off for me when I first got into this band. I think that's the reason that it took me a while to get into them. I will say, um, have have you ever seen a video of him, like, doing this song live or anything like that? No. It, instead of, like, that, he does more of, like, a, uh, like, an 80s, like, hair metal rasp vocal thing that sounds a lot cooler. <laughs> like, on, like, like the Sebastian Bach kind of thing? Uh, yeah, like, it's more of, like, a different voice. Like, um, it's also pretty, like, it, he he does it a lot on uh, that, um, of Epic Questions, which we'll talk about later, I'll too. S- but, like, I will, I almost challenge somebody to find a band from this era that didn't do that shit. You know, like, it's 2002 or whatever. Yeah. What year is this? 2002. Yeah, man. If you just <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I can I can guarantee you Stradivarius did not do harsh vocals. Fair. Raps. These guys are not. a little more dad. Ed Guy did not. Alright, guys. Gamma Ray didn't. Back off. <laughs> you challenged us. I don't think Halloween did either. Well No, they they probably did. They did. They did. They probably did. I think this is about the time the Dark Ride saying, came out. Yeah. Okay, how about this? Find a new band from <laughs> this era that didn't do that wolf you know what <laughs> freedom call did freedom call did harsh vocals what i'm saying is it was fucking it was just in the water whatever yeah yeah i was agreeing with you i know but he wasn't. It was in the water and the wolf was what was later and wolf isn't like this wolf was 2000s yeah later 2000s i thought maybe not maybe i don't know maybe like 
couple of years. I, I think remember, their first record came out in 2004. I remember hearing Wolf and being like, whoa, they're not doing harsh vocals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was like a, there was kind of like an indie one named Three Inches of Blood that did like a kind of harsh vocal, clean vocal split. Yeah, they were. They were really breaking barriers. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were something. They were a little known Canadian uh, kind of workhorse type of band. You know, a lot of people probably don't know who they are and they won't get these jokes. So anyways, um, (laughs) yeah, I, the, the, the heavy parts are a big sticker stickler for me on this album. Um, I don't like like any of them because it's that very stereotypical early two thousands, late nineties power metal, the heavy like chugga chugga riffs. I think they make it work. Um, they they're peppered in. Yeah, I I don't. They I don't, don't really annoy me. They do. They suck. But I, I I wouldn't even say that they're peppered in. I'd say they're shoehorned in, and it's like a really artificial way to make it heavier. That's fair. There's a lot of them. Yeah, they do it way too much. They, these guys are fucking dads. Like. These are. <laughs> this is this dad is, metal. This, this is, is the, we talk, power butt. We've talked about this power butt. It's this era of people in their thirties and forties and like 2000s primal fears who grew up on eighties metal, but then they got really into Pantera and stuff mm. like Symphony X, um, Nevermore, bands like that. Okay, yeah. One other thing I wanted to bring up with this song is it also is the first introduction of what I call the accept riffs. Where it just goes to like the types of like just a real bass breakdown where it just sounds like balls to the wall. Um, and they do that on like five songs on this album. Where it's just, you know, it's just a bass breakdown, but it pops up so often and it sounded so much like Except. That's all I could think of every time. I didn't even notice I that you. when I was listening to it. I will say for uh, Through Osiris's Eyes, though, I really liked the drumming. I think there's a lot of tasteful cymbal work on this one. The strummer's phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, Dan is really good. He's solid. I think the whole band is like pretty defined by eh, not Nils. He's pretty over the top, but like uh, um, I think musician wise, like I think they're all really tasteful. Like especially Yorn, the lead guitar player, like yeah, his I, solos and shit. Yeah, I had a note on there that it's a really good guitar solo, and it's you know kind of shreddy, and the the keyboards actually complement it pretty well. Yeah, the, the keyboards do a really good job of holding down like the atmosphere for not just this song, but most of the record. I'd say like you know I I think that they uh they're good at like being present but not like overbearing, which is like really important to me with this kind of stuff because keyboards can be like a a big turnoff in this type of music depending <laughs> on how they're utilized. I, I think he, he does do a good job of staying in the background and complimenting the band, but when he is, like, front and center and the keyboards get a chance to shine, I think he fucking he trips over his own shoelaces. Really? He, yeah, it's just, like, either the keyboard tone is bad or he's just playing some fucking bullshit. There are, I don't hear that at all. I think he's got good leads. There's a couple of... I, I, like, I like pretty much all of his leads on the album, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of keyboard, keyboard parts where he was like, check out this proggy riff. And he just plays some stupid nonsense before he does a very cool keyboard run, where it's very clear he was like, "I'm going to do something weird." <laughs> He's German now, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think this song's a, a good opener. Um, like I said, you get introduced to Nils' stupid edgy bullshit, but it like really works <laughs> for the song. He's he's amazing. I think he's, he's a, a great singer. Phenomenal fucking singer. I wanted to bring up um, the his pronunciation 
of pageant where he says the pageant. Um, the first probably like three or four times I listened to this, I hadn't looked at the lyrics yet, and I thought he was saying pagan with an extra vowel. Yeah. So I, I thought he was saying <laughs> rise of the pageant. No, he's trying to say pageant. <laughs> that was very surprising for me. The pronunciation, um, his yeah, his pronunciation uh, has a, a few weird spots on this album, but for the most part, he does a pretty good job. I yeah. did I did knock off ten points for pronunciation. <laughs> That's fair. He should have learned English. Yeah, speak English, you know. <laughs> speak American. He learned it from Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Yeah, Stargate. speaking of which, you guys going to enter Stargate? Hey, so you guys really don't hear the accept ass like I hear it. I I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it's it's super balls to the wall. I didn't notice it. I didn't get accept vibes from it, but I get what you're. I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they kind of, they kind of do that as their ballady part in every song. Yeah, if you list, I slow listen, down parts. Yeah, because like, yeah. I got such balls to the wall vibes from this. So much of this album, I listened to that album again, and it's very clear. Except was a huge influence on these guys for their more rocking parts, specifically balls to the wall. Probably mm. fucking kicks in hard. Yeah, does this one start off with some chugging? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that. That's like immediately turned off. I'm okay with that one. That's like a choo-choo train chugging. A choo-choo train? Yeah, it's like a choo-choo train. I like it. It's heavy as shit. Yeah. It's artificially heavy. It works. I don't like it. I don't love it, but what are you going to do? This is a song. They do enough things that, to me... I, I'm okay with some dumb chugs. I like the dumb chugs. This song's really pretty. That's what I put. I, I just I can't excuse the the chugging. You can't excuse it. I can't excuse it. It's just it's such a small part. There's they do it a so, lot to the album though. There's so much chug on this album, right? But there's so much other stuff. It's yeah, like but a, it it's just like it keeps popping up. Two percent of what they do is the heavy riffs. I don't like. They're I don't shitty like heavy riffs. Early two thousands power metal heavy riffs. That is. Okay, but what about the rest of this song? The rest of the song's good. Uh, uh, I don't like the first half of this song. I like the second half. Because the first half is except riff, chorus, except riff, chorus, except riff, chorus, except riff, and then they do something different. The song could have lost like two minutes from the beginning, I think. I like the beginning. I like it sounds like, the way he's singing, it sounds like a love ballad. He's- but the lyrics are like, the secret sands of Egypt. It's, he's so fucking into this fucking song. Yeah, like it's it's he's passionate about Stargate. He, he very much is. Um, uh, his his vocals are passionate, um, but I will. He, he's a good singer. I like him. Um, but this also keeps popping up throughout the album. The the weird vocal effects that just keep keep cropping up. That shit's annoying. There's a lot of spacey effects on his yeah, voice. Yeah, hated that. I don't mind it though. I don't think it's used like to the point where it like annoys me. If he did like, it was just digital age of music. Like, yeah. shit sounded like this. That's that's. Uh, there are a lot of things that I just look over because otherwise I'm not gonna fucking. You know, like it's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in this music, but it's also very of the era. And I mean, I was into this stuff when it was coming out. So like, I mean. 
it's just kind of ingrained in me that I like I'm like I'm I'm okay with that. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> like, Would you say it's, it's nostalgia? No, because like this this took this album in particularly took me a long time to like get into. But I was listening to other bands that were doing similar things, and I'm like still okay with it. I would also say it's not even it's not they're not bad. It's just things that you don't like. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, they're not. I'm not they're, a huge fan of them either. But they're not poorly done. I just yeah. I just don't I don't like that idea. Yeah. I think. I think with this song in particular, they try. Um, they kind of overreach with trying to be proggy on it and it makes the song just kind of kind of a, a, a little bit of a mess to me i get what you're saying that makes sense because like i said the the first like three or four minutes of this song is the same two things repeated and then it does something cool and different i the back half of the song is awesome i kind of i have i know what you're saying because I feel it too, but I feel it about really the whole album. It's just kind of repeating the same ideas over and over. And they only and have a few ideas. I know. I know. That's what. I, that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah. As this progresses, but at this point, I think, like, I I still think it's pretty fresh. Like. Yeah, and and listening to this album, I listen to it only start to finish as an album. You know, so like, sorry. Yes. I, well, I was gonna say. Um, this is one of those albums where like in the individual songs I can have a lot of problems with, but for the most part when listening to it, I'm having a great time. Like I don't really mind until I start thinking like, what are my nitpicks? <coughs> then I start picking out things, um, except for some general ones. Like, like I said, with this song, this one kind of bugged me a lot. Hmm. I, I like this one. It's, it's a, it's kind of counterpart to Osiris's eyes. Like it's, more of a rockin' ballad than as Osiris's eyes was more like a prog rock epic thing. Yeah, I think overall I I love this song. Um it's one of my favorites on the album. It's not my favorite, but it's it's one of them. Um I don't know. I mean like and when you can just sell some of the ridiculous ass lyrics that he does in this one, it's 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 just great. I I love how fucking emotionally invested he is in this one. I I really do. I think it's like the second or third verse where he he literally does the the quote uh, like the shit about the seals or whatever where he's like uh like break the cryptic key of taurus and the seven signs <laughs> of nexus he <laughs> <laughs> fucking sells that shit dude and i'm like I, like yeah, there's a, there's a point in me that just loves like cheesy power metal shit that i'm like fuck yeah and he's singing it in love song stanza yeah <laughs> In the sacred sands of Egypt. <laughs> I love that. That part's always stuck in my head. It's just good shit. I, th- I think this song is pretty good, but I will say the, the more I heard this song, the thing that kind of stood out to me about this one in particular was it's like, yeah, it's a good song, but it, it kind of just sounds like every good prog power song. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Just, it's just good prog power. Do you, yeah. what, do you like the synth tone on this one? I don't have a problem with any of the keyboards on this one. I just wrote fuzzy synth, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think I, I, don't know that I think it was like. Are you talking about the part? At the end. Are you talking about the part where it like? It was like a distorted. Um, yeah, it was like that. I thought you were talking about the part where they like. Uh, it kind of. There's like a break where it like softens up before the guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that it's part. Like, <laughs> like that, yeah. like a little thing, and the bass is like 
walking the riff. And like, I, I just want to say too, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I kind of changed my mind on this, but like, I think that this song, like leading into that guitar solo, I think it's the best guitar solo on the record. I love that guitar solo. Like, mm. I don't know. It's like a bluesy ballady kind of guitar. solo. yeah, right? it like it like builds up and it's yeah, like, it, I, loved it. I, I, I love that solo. I think, I think it's my favorite one on the album. Uh, I, I, I'm having trouble remembering it, but I did write down starts that off with the the galloping riff under the solo is awesome. Yeah, when they because yeah when they go into it, it's the one that starts off with the and it goes like slowly higher and higher and really easy. Yes. Like I said, that's the beginning of like where I I really really like Yorn as a guitar player. I think he's great. And he's like super tasteful and like but like as a father, you think he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. No, but like <laughs> I don't like his religious opinions. <laughs> at, you know, and like as a politician, I wouldn't vote for him. I will say side note too, like um, I'd have a beer with him. There, I watched a vi- an interview with him where he's talking about uh like his solos or whatever. Um, it was like a Patreon video they did when they funded their DVD that they did like four or five years ago, <laughs> and. uh and like he's talking about like solos and shit like that and his approach to like writing songs and guitar solos in particular and uh the guy's asking him all these like questions that you would probably typically ask a a proggy metal band like where he's talking about his gear and stuff like that and i love that jordan like he's he's not an idiot or anything but he's just like he's just like oh no it's just like He's like, it's just like how it came, i don't know. He's like it, like you know it, like he's asking him about his guitar and he's like yeah it's the eddie van halen it's like the the one from like the van hagar era like the weird looking one and uh he's just like oh no this is all just stock like i, I didn't change anything on this like he's like i just I, i'm not like a tech guy i just i just play <laughs> you know like and, and i'm just like i, I respect that I'll do, <laughs> like, how do you get that tone yeah <laughs> guitar center yeah he's like he's just like oh i just you know he's he's like i, I just play. Pra- he's like i just practice a lot he's like, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I play an e yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could, I, I don't know. I, I like, I like him a lot. I think he's, he's just a great player in general, and I like how he approaches like songs and just uh, his his laid back attitude about that kind of shit. Like he doesn't make a big deal. He's not pretentious. I guess is the best way to describe it. And I think that that shows in his playing too. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I love this song. I think it's great. I like it too. Yeah, it's a good one. Guys, want to go on to of epic questions? Of epic questions. Of epic questions. What is life? <laughs> that is an epic question. <laughs> it, it, is, is that the question of the song? Because I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. What is life? Where is God in this dimension? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I will say, like, this is the song that's hardest for me to get into. Really? I think it has it has moments of like parts that I really like, but I think the main thing with me in this song is I don't like the chorus. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> like I mean, I it's like, uh... it's totally fine, but it's it's like counterintuitive to the rest of the song. Like I feel like the rest of the song is building towards something and does all these goes to all these different places, and then that one it's like it's almost like a drag to get through the chorus to me. The it's chorus a... feels like a um, like a verse that you would do two thirds through the song. It and just doesn't really fit. I like to the me. way the, like and the verses are cool. I like it, and I like the way they use a lot of key changes in this. And it, they'll play it, and then they'll like play it a step down, so it's it yeah. sounds like it's getting 
they they do a lot of shit in this song too where they they'll like they'll add a beat to like a measure and like change the riff like and it's i don't know i there's some like i said there's like yeah i mean that's the math prog kind of stuff that like they they don't do a whole lot they usually do pretty tastefully yeah it's not like overbearing or anything it's just that and like i said there's a lot of parts in this song um that i really dig like uh, I don't know if it's like a verse or a pre-chorus or whatever it would be considered in the context of the song, but you know the part where they're doing the the dun dun dun, and he says like a night's ideal, dun 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 that whole thing. I like that a lot, and like how the riff like kind of evolves and it's like all these different pieces like going in. But like I said, it's really just the chorus. Chorus doesn't doesn't hit with me. It's always kind of draggy. Chorus is a little stinky for this song. It's I well. Oh yeah, and this is the one who goes up from the skies, majestic. He does do that. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got a note about that where the uh, <laughs> spooky devil alien voice comes back. <laughs> spooky devil alien. <laughs> um, That's what they probably called it too. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down that the um, this is what we're talking about with the keyboards. This is the one that has the it goes and then it does a keyboard solo, but that that just sounds stupid. I, I like the the keyboard solo in this song. I think it's pretty fucking cool. The solo is <laughs> awesome. It's his, <laughs> it's his like intro to the solo, where it's just like some kind of oh nonsense. I know what you're talking. Yeah, it's like a yeah. nonsense version of the guitar riff. Yeah, it just sounds goofy. Kind of is. Yeah. yeah. The keyboard solo is good, though. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I think the opening vocals of this song just sound funny. <laughs> I don't. Oh, the the spoken word shit, or like like the weird low vocal thing. Uh, just immediately at the beginning whatever he does i don't remember what it is but i remember it being funny play I'm, I'm trying to remember too this is about in the album and near the end i, I started thinking like this is kind of dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, it was the burpee vocals that started off that's the funny part for me yeah <laughs> oh yeah i know it's wrong but you know not to undercut spooky alien devil voice that's also pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> that part was scary yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty spooky it's like wow He's creepy. Yeah. O- overall, I really like this song. This is another one that I think could have lost a couple minutes and been improved for it. And if they had shuffled around the the um, kind of the verse riffs and the chorus riffs and structures, I think this song would have been a lot better for it. But this is still a great one. I like this one a lot. I like the riffing. I like all the different places it goes. Different melodies are cool. Like I said, it's really just the chorus that kind of kills this one for me. Mm-hmm. But that 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 like epic keyboard line during the verses is just so good. The solo is the shit too. The keyboard solo is awesome. I liked the chorus and the pre-chorus too. I yeah, I like the chorus. I got no problem with it. I do think it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, at the the very, I think the very last chorus when um they, they delay on like the the last syllable that he says because he says like where's the truth i've been searching for 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 and it like just goes it reminded me of fucking hall of the mountain king by sabotage that's Mm. 10 points off for grammar oh Mm. the search for which i've been i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the truth for which i've been searching (laughs) shit so uh, dimensions of fire dimensions of fire i don't have much for this no I don't. I, don't, I, I, I fucking s- love this song. My, I, I started song. having less. And less. <laughs> this is besides Dreamscape Lucidity and and Seven Sacred Promises. 
this is where I started fading a little bit. And then I, it brought me back later. But this is kind of just like really a ballad. I think they could have cut this song entirely. It's a mid-tempo rocker. I don't like. I don't like their. I like the mid-tempo stuff, like through Osiris's eyes, where it's melodic. This is not. This is just bo 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 bo. Yeah, I think I think this song's got a lot of problems, and I'd probably it's quite possibly my least favorite, and I'd say the worst on the album. Um, I don't like the intro riff at all, uh, and then it just goes into more chuggy riffs during the verses. What the, uh, the 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 thing where they they play uh they play on the offbeat like a like it's a reggae song but still chugging dun, dun, still dun, chugging dun, 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 <laughs> still chugging along <laughs> um, honest truthfully I have no memory of this song no they uh, play yeah they play on the offbeat like in the in the verses it's like I like that a lot still, <laughs> I like the feel of it it's just sound again it just sounds like except to me in this song also. Sounded just like uh, sort of a life in the fa- fast lane Eagles thing, exactly, exactly like that. He does uh, it, like it, it, the guitar um, does this thing in this song that I really really like. Um, it's in the pre-chorus on the the one day will unite. I love dimensions are. Yeah. I love and, the bridge. And the bridge uh, is great. It's like he does like that. And it's like these building chords that yeah. he's like playing yeah. octave chords. He does the same thing in uh, Aging Shores later. Like it's like these like build up like octave chords, but it makes it sound so big and like cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that part. Mm-hmm. I, I I like this song a lot. I mean, I I could totally see why you guys don't. I mean, it's just I I I really dig it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one to me just kind of sounds like a, a competent prog power song. Yeah. Yeah. This, like I said, this is one that they could cut it out and you wouldn't really lose much. Yeah. But I do, I wrote down, I'm, I'm having trouble recalling exactly what it sounded like, but the I wrote down the moody, quiet little keyboard solo before there's like a cool riff, I think like two-thirds of the way through the song. Mm-hmm. There's just a very quiet little keyboard part that I remember really liking. Mm. Yeah. It like, Is it right after the guitar solo? Yeah, it leads into the keyboards yeah because i mean those are like the high points of the song for me is it's it's another good guitar solo and then the, the keyboards the bass and the drums after the solo i really enjoyed that little section i think that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about they, well i want to bring that up too we were talking about the instrumentals earlier but the bass player and the guitarist and the drummer are also tight mm-hmm. they're yeah. when they're like locked in it's it's so it's just so fun to listen to yeah the rhythm they're section just, is super super together yeah they're like, just I mean, precise yeah, it's uh, I don't know I um, um, and we can't we can't let this song get passed without bringing up the dark and forces part where he does the forces. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, does like the yeah. phaser effect there on his voice. Dark and forces. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Yeah, he gets me with that. He gets me <laughs> with that. I think it's I don't remember specifically which verse, the second or third or whatever, but when he does the uh the because he kind of does the same melody line in all the verses, but it's the the, the way he says that one line: "The uh, mournful Mister Morning, the answers of the answers of your mind." Yeah. <laughs> Again, it just, I don't know. Neil, I can give Nils shit for you know being a, a, a cheese ball and shit, but he's he's just a good vocalist, and the way he delivers the shit, like I I just buy it and I really like it. 
like no matter what he's saying even if it's fucking stupid he's, like it <laughs> he's like, got that kind of um it's very typical of this era that kind of very very fantastic power metal voice where they also are too aware of how good of a singer they are and they they show it off way too much sometimes i don't feel like, like he's reading into yeah, something there i, I don't feel like he's showboaty he is good yeah i don't feel like he's showboaty i get i get lots of showboaty vibes from him he's got a, a really big like showy vibrato like the hey he's got the eight he's got the 80s vibrato yeah. like a motherfucker it's just a metal singer, i still dude. think he's got a great voice i just think he's he's aware of how good he is I don't know, man. I don't. I don't get like. He is. I mean, I don't get like a pretentious vibe from his performance at all. Like, I mean, like I. I don't know where. How I think you he's just extrapolate that. I just think he's really good. I'll, I'll get <laughs> yeah, into it like, on um, the song "Brilliant White Light," but. But anyways. Okay. Well, I'm eagerly awaiting that. <laughs> I don't have that much to say. But oh, all right. Anything else about uh, "Dimensions of Fire"? Um, one of the one of the anecdotes I have that this is probably because it's probably my least favorite one. The reason is that um. I was having um, an error with the music app on my phone and the intro for this song just kept repeating. Um, and so I had to listen to the first 30 seconds of the song like 20 times and it just made me hate it. <laughs> of what? Dimensions of Fire? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Should we move on to the uh, the best song on the album? <laughs> yes, it's, this, is, this is one it's of my favorites. Tied or... <laughs> This song fucking rules. It's the best. <laughs> it's this, like the quintessential power metal song. This is, <laughs> like yeah. it's a, this is what I wanted Rhapsody to sound like. <laughs> yeah, Magic a, Crystal a, Skies. It's all about princesses and shit. It's fucking awesome. And like, it's, got, it's, like, it's, got, <laughs> it's Dude, if, if 16-year-old me had heard this. Dreamscape Warriors. I would have been thinking my shit. Because <laughs> this has harpsichord. This is the, uh-huh, song, this is uh-huh. the song. Like... So when I got this album, you know how I told you I heard through Osiris Eyes, I bought the album, couldn't really get into it. I literally remember like not really paying attention until this song came on. And this, then I was like, this, this band's a, awesome. It's a, that <laughs> guitar is a hook. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Acrobatic guitar line. And then the fucking dude, the fucking rhythm section in that part too is like, you know, like the bass just doing and then he follows it with the harmony thing and i'm like oh. dude it's fucking it's so good that part is really good and that guitar lick is very triumphant mm-hmm. dude, speaking of try we're gonna get to the end of this song we'll talk about fucking triumph oh my harpsichord back on your point max it's usually either hit or miss big hit here it works so well it does like like i said dude like i i had a joke in in my notes here that i was like i was like best song not just on this album just the best song <laughs> like, like, like this is this if i had to pick one song like if i was just listening to random shit and i had to pick one song off of an album this is definitely the one i would go with on this album i i i, I love this song i would not only because it doesn't represent them like this sounds nothing like that I mean, yeah i mean like it sounds like them but this it sounds like they're playing a Rhapsody song. This sounds a bit more like their first album. Really? This song sounds probably a bit more like the first album. There are songs throughout their al- throughout all five of their records that are kind of like that. Go ahead, Dennis. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I, I don't know. This one's kind of a toss-up for me if, it, if it's my favorite on the album. But oh, we it, should say, too, um, we never said that the, the name of this one is Dreamscape Lucidity. 
Oh, yeah. we, I just called it the best song. <laughs> and we started talking about oh. yeah. <laughs> Dream, Dreamscape, Dreamscape Lucidity. lucidity. Um, <laughs> I really like the bass playing in the intro of this one. Um, yeah, dude. But I, I will say, you, you guys are talking talking about it and very excited about how power metal this is. But I got to say, as somebody who doesn't really care for European power metal, it, it, it's a little bit off-putting, but it's it's one of the more exciting songs on the album. So that's why I, it, it, it's maybe my favorite. The, I haven't really I mean, decided. The genre is hit or miss. This is a really cool version of a song in that genre. You know, like this is a good, exceptional version of power metal, I think. What I was going to say is that... Most, most, I mean, so many of those power metal bands do kind of stink. And they can't write a song that's good. This song's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. It is a good song. It's, and what I was going to say is that again with how this song sounds so different from the rest part of it is that's what makes it so good yeah is that it's it's such a standout that it sounds different but that's the only reason i like nick said i wouldn't i wouldn't personally pick this out as the first song to show somebody yeah no i wouldn't do that like the rest of the album doesn't sound like this i mean I, i i would probably show it as the first one because it's the most that's fair it's the most enjoyable one like immediately just at face value it's easy I to mean, catch that, on to that that fucking guitar riff is money yeah and the chorus <laughs> it's it's this song literally has has all my all my fucking check boxes for for this type of shit like spoken it's spoken word it's, interlude about wizards and <laughs> necromancers yeah and it's not wanna, like that long do you want to hear <laughs> something great brett it's not man of war levels in the lyrics like, booklet that is bookended with ethereal conversation yeah <laughs> let me see what they're saying um, but uh, for it, it's got everything, man. It's got it's got the fast riffing, the double bass, fucking cool leads, and the weird like fucking particular transitions and the epic ass vocal lines. Everything he who fucking are you says. To walk across the graves at this late hour. I was sent by Aurora. <laughs> I don't even. That's don't the only part hate. that I could ever pick out without reading the lyrics on that part. I don't even hate the uh, like the heavy chunky parts of this song because it has the cool Egyptian riffs <laughs> over it with yeah. the keyboards. Mm-hmm. I'll oh, say it's so good. Gay talk particularly about the vocals on this one, real quick. Like every line that he delivers on this song, like makes me feel fucking awesome, dude. Like it's when, like, <laughs> like Magic, Crystal, Magic Crystal Skies is the best lyric. Like of, just the the, the way he sings, like the the first um, what's the what's like the first fucking line in the song? Let's see. When this when this motherfucker comes in at the end with the waiting for the break of dawn. Wait, that's the part that I put. Oh. I was like, that's that's the Rhapsody part where you're like, Rhapsody would do that shit where they have like the sing-along part randomly in one song, but they only do it like one time, you know? But like that shit is, it's it's so, it's well, just great. See, this is where I don't, I don't mean to imply that I think he, when I said he's a little showboaty, I don't mean to imply like as a bad thing for like 90% of the album. Um, because he sounds amazing on most of it. Just sometimes he goes a little, look at what I can do. I never really got that vibe, but since we're speaking on vocals, I will say that there's some like choral backing vocals that remind me of King Diamond on here that I really like. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was the, it, I just remembered the the part I was talking about where it, it just gets me. It's like right at the beginning when he does the, uh, um, in time. Yes. That, that fucking part. That it's it gets me every time. Yeah, for me then the, the I'm the warrior hooked. of my dream part. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me want to fucking just twerk it. <laughs> yeah. Um I will say that this as good as this song is, it does have a few negatives for me. Um Spooky Devil Alien Voice comes back. 
That's that. <laughs> that it works in this song. <laughs> I don't think that works at any point on the album. It reminds it me of Rush, hilarious. Like, Rush, like Fountain of Lamenth or something. I would Old agree Rush, with, where they did that shit. Uh, I, I didn't get that vibe. The Necromancer. I'd agree with Dennis, especially because the um, the the Warrior of My Dream part comes in and it's so huge and epic, and then it kind of goes into the spooky demon alien voice, and it kind of ruins the flow a little bit. It's jarring when it comes in, and I'm like, I wanted that. Do you expect a spooky demon alien to be a smooth experience in reality? I just wish he didn't exist in the songs, <laughs> you know? I wish it was just... That, that, I mean, as far as the vocals go, those are those are my main negatives, is when spooky alien demon voice comes in and when there's just too many effects on his voice. I think it fits in this song more so than any of the songs. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. It, it doesn't. It didn't detract from it enough for me to not consider this my favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I could definitely see how that that'd be a, a turn off. You know, I mean, like again, like I I can't even credit it to nostalgia. Like because, like I said, it took me so long to like really realize that I liked this band a lot. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, it just doesn't bug me. I might be a douche. That's I'm fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the alien voice. Well, I mean, just like the you know the the like some of the Billy stuff that they do on this album in general. You know, like I mean, none of it really bothers hey, me. You know, Nick, you like what you like. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think that this is probably the biggest negative for me on this song is I really don't like this keyboard solo. I think his tone is just pure cheese. It sounds bad to me. That kind of mm, thing. I can't, just I can't recreate it in my head, but I I didn't notice anything. It's a he, little... He picks cheesy ass, like... I mean, I think he's going for, like, a progressive rock, like, ELP, noodly, you know. I get lots of uh, early 80s rush from his guitar, or from his synth tones. Mm-hmm. I don't hear that one. I didn't I didn't hear that at all. <clears throat> I don't know. I like the solo on this one. Um, the tone is a little bit more on the obnoxious side compared to, like, some of the other stuff he does on the album <laughs> the keyboard yeah that being said right. i think elp is i think he's pretty obnoxious <laughs> keith emerson is extremely obnoxious yeah, yeah. oh um uh r.i.p r.i.p wonderful musician and i do like the band but N- nice man too my only experience <laughs> is their album covers you never listen to elp i've not got around to it no mm. i've been meaning to uh, it. you probably hate it <laughs> if i'm being quite honest i know how much you dislike yes so i, I am on record right now is saying i don't like yes beyond roundabout i like the uh there's a part like a little melody that's sang in the background um after like the first full chorus where they're kind of doing like that that riff and it's like i thought that was a keyboard for a long time but yeah it was but i saw a live video and he's singing it and i was like oh cool I like that little melody thing. I like that part too. It's also very Egyptian-y and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I I just want to point out again the uh, the 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 last part, like with the the big old sing along part where where it breaks and the guitars playing the melody and then it just kicks in. And it's all sing along. It's fucking bum, awesome. Bum. Get it? Shit is so good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I love that shit. Like I said, that's that's the rhapsody part. That's always the best part of any rhapsody song. But they'll only do it like once, and then they never go back to it, and they go to boring power metal course. <laughs> <laughs> I talk shit. Actually, I, I I I like Rhapsody quite a bit. But do you like Rhapsody or Rhapsody of Fire or Luca Turilli's Rhapsody? Rhapsody. Okay. 
or do you like uh Luca? i'm only a fan of the emerald sword saga or do you like to and leone to i actually tried to listen to that like the other day it's How was it? it doesn't sound like old rhapsody it's just like new power metal i mean it's fine i i care not for rhapsody i have a newfound respect for old rhapsody lately to me they're like the peak of indulgent european power metal and I, kinda, like, I don't like the band i kind of fucking love it like it's because of that like i just <laughs> i don't know i've not i've not heard one song that's like hooked to me that's the only thing you know what was if the, they have one seven sacred promises i'd be like nice what's the song it's the first song on the album that's like a part two album that you had symphony of enchantlands 2 yes unholy war cry yes that song was cool <laughs> yeah and then the rest of the album does not sound like that. The rest of the album is Christopher Lee talking or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dragon came. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's all about that fucking goddamn fantasy world that Luca Torelli just made up in his head. And he's like, our first six albums need to be about this. <laughs> what flavor you got there, Dennis? Isn't every fantasy world just made up in somebody's head, though? Uh, yeah, but... I mean, like, this is not even, like, an established thing. I mean, like, you know, nothing, not knocking them for it. I just mean, like, it's just funny that they're just, like, there's, like, our first six albums are going to be about this thing. That's cool. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. Make your own fantasy. They do. Live your own dreams. Argo Lord. Didn't, I mean, isn't that kind of just what Coheed and Cambria did with that little comic book thing? Yeah. <laughs> that little comic book thing. I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit, more, really... it's a bit more fully realized, yeah. Um, I'll believe it when I, I see it on the big screen. I don't know if the Rhapsody stuff is like actually about things, or they just wrote a song and then he just made up lyrics about characters in it, like like Last Shirk. Yeah, I always thought I think it's more like that. <laughs> I always thought um, the Rhapsody albums were about uh, Dragonlance. I guess not. No, it's about his, the Ar- Ar- Argo Lord or whatever. Yeah, I always thought they were about the Dragonlance Chronicles. No, the Emerald Sword Saga. <laughs> Yeah, Symphony of the Lands 2, The Dark Secret. <laughs> I like the dark the, con- se- the dark secret was that half the songs are just Christopher Lee talking. Hold on. A concept <laughs> album like all previous albums of the bands, it is not a sequel to Symphony of Enchanted Lands, but the first chapter of the band's new saga, The Dark Secret Saga. <laughs> That sounds like something I will never listen to. It's all about how they had that EP. It's all about how they had that thing that they swore was an EP, but it was like 45 minutes long. (laughs) I've been noticing that a lot with bands I've been looking up is they'll have things considered EPs. And they're long. That are beyond 40 minutes. (laughs) This is not an EP. Dude, that Moon Sorrow thing we were talking about earlier, Tuli Mirsky, the first song is 30 minutes. minutes. (laughs) And then it has five other songs that are like eight minutes long. Mm Mm-hmm. Dream Theater did that too with that uh, uh, change of seasons, where it's like it's like forty minutes and something long. It's like is that the one it, where it's just one song? The, the title track is one song, and then it's there's other stuff. There's covers. Do you remember Elgard's Green Valleys or Arian's Mystical Rhymes, The White Dragon's Order? <laughs> From Symphony of Enchanted Lands, too. <laughs> no, Do you heard, I haven't listened to that one since. <laughs> There's a, there's a song on it called Guardiani del Destino. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> What's that one Rhapsody song where the, the music video is like a naked chick in the forest with a sword? You that's, know what I'm talking about? I think that's all of them. And they're like, it's great. <laughs> I love their band picture where they all have the swords. 
and they're just like pointing them towards the camera. It's awesome. They all have frilly shirts on, puffy, puffy fucking sleeves. I feel like I feel like these Euro power metal bands from like the late '90s and the 2000s just. They took all the wrong ideas <laughs> from power metal before them and just ran with them. Yeah. There's some of that shit that I genuinely straight up love, though. It's like, a very I, it's, it's a very hit and miss genre for me. But when when the hits are there, they're real good. I think my love for it was only suppressed because none of my friends were like super into it as well. <laughs> like, like I'd be like, yeah, like the riffy '80s version. Yeah, which I which I I do have. A, a love for too it's just that like i also love the fucking cheesy bullshit european flower metal stuff i almost exclusively like just uspm nothing wrong with that i mean i, I just you know there are standout european ones i mean like I mean, all I, the german I, ones i like halloween and i like gamma ray german I, germany like doesn't count <laughs> all the german bands good. are cool well if germany doesn't count then i don't think i like a single european power metal band <laughs> There's, there's I several. Really, I can't think of one that I like that I enjoy, but it's almost all this wait cheesy stuff. Tarot, I like tarot. Tarot is great. I was thinking about that the other They're day. That's a that's a like really that, though. Yeah, I would. I don't. I wouldn't call They're tarot like, a power metal band. What? Not a European power metal band. I think they're pretty Euro power metal. After they kind of just sound like they're late '80s. That's only like their first like two albums. They're as I've power metal as like it. Warlock or something. Nah, man, that that's only like their first couple of albums. They they I go like they go all. high production like after that, and that's like they, they have some good shit. Even in their more like modern sound. I was thinking about Tarot the other day too. I was thinking that's a really good band name. Spell of Iron. <laughs> Did you hear their re-recorded Spell of Iron? Yeah, I heard uh, Wings of Darkness, and then I was just like, oh no. Yeah, it's like fifteen percent slower. The spell of Iron. Cool. The Re- spell of Iron. Yeah, kind of sucks. Well, it's not Marco singing, so who cares? I wanted to point. I wanted to read this to you, Nick. About it says this Wikipedia article. It says You're talking uh, about Rhapsody. Yes. <laughs> about how after they concluded the Dark Secret Saga, um, Turilli left Rhapsody on fire on good terms to form a new Rhapsody band, Luca Turilli's Rhapsody. Yes. They described their discography as a parallel continuation of Rhapsody's discography, with their first album being their own Rhapsody's eleventh album. The band, he did not leave the band. They amicably split in two. You know what's so funny about like... <laughs> there's just parallel rhapsodies. It's, it's funny how there's, stupid. it's funny how there's like legit like five rhapsodies. And like, um, what's so funny uh, about like when Fabio eventually left original Recipe Rhapsody, like he fucking left because like him and the keyboard player who were like the only original members left had a quote unquote, like, I guess they didn't really like fight. It was more just like they had a disagreement about where the sound was going. Fair enough. Then don't make shit that sounds exactly the same again. <laughs> like, like those fans still feel like they could have released the same records. Like, it's just like, and I know that they're probably like fucking you know little bits there, but they're like they're like no, this one should be better an elf, not a dwarf, you know, or whatever. Like, it's like I don't know. Like, it's like it had to have been shit like so specific, like down to that T, well, because like the music is so similar. I mean, like it, now, like Fabio, or I mean, uh, Leon, Leone, and and uh, Terilli Rhapsody does sound a lot different. It's probably just well, personal. Probably I just guess. Don't like each other anymore? Yeah, I mean. Well, it, it, yeah. again, it says you know, like, I mean, they concluded the Emerald Sword Saga, so you know, it's okay. <laughs> after it, it says after Leone um, joined Terilli again. He canceled Turilli's Rhapsody. Yeah, and then they made... Then they made Turilli 
and Leone Rhapsody, and, and, yeah. which is a separate entity from Turilli's Rhapsody. And yeah. it's like... They don't do stuff about Argalore. All right, we should, we should get back into the actual album. Their, their original name was Thundercross. That's fucking cool. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a better name. Thundercross. I don't know. Rhapsody is a pretty good name. That's not bad. Thundercross Rhapsody, is great. Rhapsody of Fire is a great name. Thundercross also sounds like super 80s, like Grim Reaper. Yeah. Possibly Christian. Maybe. White metal. I don't know. What's, what's What was Blind Guardian's name? Lucifer's Gift? Lucifer's, Thundercross. Lucifer's. Yeah. If I Isn't did, it Lucifer's if, Gift? If I did the band Thundercross, the first album would be like lightning, but an upside down cross. Mm. That's probably what they did. Oh, nice. Luca Torelli was like, yeah. Lucifer's Heritage. I love that because that doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> With a song called Brian. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, seven Sacred Promises? Oh, um, uh, la- wait. Last thing about Dreamscape Lucidity. Um, last thing that I'd like to say about Dreamscape Lucidity would be... Um, uh, after the, the epic big sing-along part, um, he does that scream, and it fades into the guitar note. <laughs> that shit's awesome. I never noticed that. I love that. that. Classic Boston move. That's yeah, a classic Boston move, yes. He, you know what? He came to the practice session that day, and he said, I've thought of a, I've got a classic Boston move. I'd like to... Been thinking about more than a feeling a lot. <laughs> That's a good, good song, song to think about. Yeah, oh yeah. It is. It's a good album to think about. So this next song, The Seven Sacred Promises. Yeah. Uh, let me just throw this out there and see if you all agree. Uh, this sounds a very Fate's Warning. Yeah. Dude, that's, yes. that, that, that is a Fate's Warning riff. That yes, it doing. is. The very, it's, 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 uh, it's Parallels. It's something off Parallels. It's, that's it's why that you, that's why you like it so down, much. Down, down, parallel lines. Yeah. Running parallel with you. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, it's totally nicked from Fate's Warning, but the song's still really good. This song has that very um, intricate instrumental um, that I really like, and this is one of the ones where the heaviness works for me because there's movement to it instead of just chug. I love know? the the driving uh, bass in the verses. I think this is the third best song. Cool. I like the chorus in this a lot. This is one of the ones... Um, I wrote down, this feels particularly like a typical power metal song, but played by a prog band. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where it's just, it's very intricate and and neat and precise and just kind of weird, but it still has a very recognizable structure and feel to it. Um, this is a great song. I would agree to I would agree with that, yeah. This is one of the choruses that I'll, I'll remember long after I haven't thought of this band forever. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, yeah. It's a good chorus. Yeah. Sacred promises. This is one of the ones that when I was uh, getting into this when I was younger, this was one of the ones that I had a hard time like gravitating towards. But then when I started listening to this album again recently, it was a standout one for me. I really dug it. Mm-hmm. I think I think this song's got like a little bit of a romantic tone to it that I kind of enjoy. Hey, it's got a... It, it, it's got a that kind of yeah the atmosphere to it mm-hmm. like it, it uh, I'd, I'd agree with that yeah but there's more harsh vocals on this song and that stinks <laughs> <laughs> um you know what part i really love there's that billy riff in it 
but it's got the drum beat where it's like the ting 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 ting. ting, 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 ting. This song has the most Billy moment. It is the whole it's, album. <laughs> it's very Billy. Yeah. Do we have to explain what Billy is? Is that something that we made up, or is that a real thing? We uh, people act like they know what I'm saying when I say it to them, and I haven't explained it to them. But I mean, when I Billy when, badass. Yeah. When I Do say we have to explain that too. Um, it's a way of saying like. You know, it, 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 dumb, dumb of, rip. Like you're like you like your tough turf. T U F F. Think of <laughs> think of uh, a tough turf. Think yeah. of a guy with a goatee and a white tank top on. Watch the okay. And a beanie. This this you're. The only way you're going to understand this is if it, it depends on how it depends on how you feel when you watch the uh, video for Pantera's "I'm Broken" and how you respond to that riff. <laughs> if you think it's funny, <laughs> if you think it's <laughs> if you think it's funny, is that the riff. Uh, down, 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 digga, digga, down. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And Phil and Selma, you know, just shaking his bald head around and fucking, you know, lanking around the drum set. A big old shit. underbite. Yeah. yeah. And he's fucking scowling he, at he, the moral. And Vinny Paul's like, you know, fucking bass drum is like really big and he and he like goes to like put his foot up on it but it's like too high so it looks funny and awkward but it's like every you know if you think that that's fucking you awesome a lot of specific memories about this i mean i've tested this a lot and like so i mean but you know if you think that that's fucking awesome you might not understand what billy badass is but if you think it's kind of funny or can see why it'd be funny that's billy badass i think an even simpler yeah an even simpler one is just walk if you think walk is an awesome song Walk, if you not. think walk is an awesome walk is, song. walk is pretty like universally adored i think we're in the minority there that we are definitely is, in the minority that song is absolutely hilarious <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about me you better walk on home there is there is um this avenged sevenfold cover of it where they did it live and he goes they play it and he goes if you don't know you better walk on home boy sinister hit this shit <laughs> He plays the That's rib. Billy. <laughs> it's so yeah. that that is Billy. Yes. <laughs> we've probably we've probably said have have we said Billy a bunch on the podcast? Yes. Because I got really. Yeah. I know we've said it on this one, but I mean, uh, did we say? It I before? got all mad because Brett said that that cool riff and that two mold song. Is a brand new sin. Yeah, we haven't yeah. said it before two mold though. I don't think. How about? Yeah, I don't know if we did either. Self serious. Um, tough guy. Tough guy, yeah. Self-serious tough guy. That works. In musical form. Yeah. Yeah. Tough guy bullshit, but they don't have any self-awareness that it's just, you should make a fool of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just thinking about biohazard. This is mean. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you kind of got to be mean with this shit. I mean, <laughs> I have no tolerance. Dumb. Brett, what was that biohazard song? Punishment? I don't remember. Get this monkey off my back. Anxiety. Panic attack. Panic attack. <laughs> no, it was a funny... It was like it was in their their later era where they got super sell billy. Out. Yes, sell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the bass players like screaming in the background. As the guitar player, just the screams. Oh, it's so were, great. They were like original Billy. They were cutting edge. <laughs> yeah, Biohazard. That's a good example. <laughs> Biohazard's so funny. <laughs> It is, just, it is all kind of just like middle school bully shit. We just, we just we just lost four out of our six listeners. Guys, can we get back to the magic of childhood here? Oh, um, were we done yeah, talking uh, about uh, the seven sacred promises? I don't know. Oh, I was just um, I'll say about that I one real quick. A... I think that the the heavy like musical breaks work well when the, with the trade off solos. Oh, I, I th- <laughs> no, I, I really hated that. I like the solos, but the, the chuggy rhythms underneath it were, almost ruined it for me. I think I was talking about more when they actually break. 
When they break? Yeah, and they like let them just like shred, like in between the notes. I don't remember that. I don't remember either. I'm gonna, here's here's a problem with this album. It's too long, and I can't remember a lot of individual parts. I'll, I'll agree with you there. It, it starts long. getting too long right about here. Yes. When, yeah. Here's here's. It the feels deal. like um, honestly with this song, or with "Back to the Magic of Childhood," um, it almost like starts like a, another record. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's where it starts losing me. Is uh, "Back to the Magic of Childhood" Part Two? Is where I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. I love that song, but that's about the time where I realize there's still about 25 minutes of this album left. Yeah, they should have ended it right after that. Um, and I've been listening something. to this for almost an hour. It is really long, um, and and I and I figured that would be like one of the bigger criticisms. And like I kind of feel that way sometimes when I'm sitting and listening to it the whole time. But like when I'm in the songs, I personally enjoy all of them. Like to the point where even though there's like most songs like clock six minutes or more. I, I don't know. It doesn't bug me when I'm in the song. Like I think, really. I, I think for the most part, the first half of this album, each song could lose about two minutes, and the album would be improved by it. I like the song lengths. I think they just need less. I think they could have cut some songs, but I'll, honestly, I would have, I would have a hard time like really picking like. Which one? Three to cut. songs to cut because yeah, I, I because I like I like pretty much all of them. I mean I I guess I could, I guess I wouldn't have to think like too hard about it, but like I I still think that all the songs that I would cut have a lot of stuff in them that I do like. If they just cut so, it after Back to the Magic of Childhood, it'd be the album would be doubly as good. I don't well, know because I love the last song. Remind me to bring up. I have a suggested reordering restructuring of this album that I think would be. Remind your damn self. Okay. Well, uh, anything I mean, else to right. say on uh, Seven Sacred Promises? No. Um, I, I'll just do a quick one. I think yeah. the first half of the song is great, and the second half is kind of a letdown for me. I really, uh, I think the chorus and the riff just kind of holds the song in its own. It's That's one of the more memorable parts of the album. I'm having trouble remembering most of this song besides the Billy riff and the chorus. For the, this song, for me, when they sound like Fate's Warning, I'm liking it. When they're not sounding like Fate's Warning, I'm not liking it. <laughs> Maybe I just don't remember the rest of it. This really does sound like a Fate's Warning song. This is one that I'd probably, like, in two or three years, I'll play it for somebody and be like, oh, hang on, I don't remember this stuff. But this next part's cool, I think. And then you'll think, man, this is great. <laughs> We're ready to go back to the magic of childhood. Uh, yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna tell, I'm part gonna, one. I'm going to tell you all right now. I put them both together. You did? <laughs> in my, in my, yeah. I wrote no notes on this song. Because it's just kind of a... I wrote cool intro too. Yeah. And then the next song, you know? It's kind of just some stuff. Just until part one? Part two comes out. Oh, really? I think part one's way better than part two. I like... I guess if I had to pit them against each other, I do like part one a bit more. Part one is an intro. I mean, it, it's not a real song to me. I think this is the most dream theater thing they do on the album. Part one Part should, two is pure dream theater. Yeah. Part two is awesome. I love part two. I don't... Well... I think it's good. Uh, Can I, we, should I, we just talk about them as one, or I separated them. Right. Um, I put them as one. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What do you have specifically for part one? We could talk about it off of your notes. Um, I really liked the clean guitar work in part one. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. And uh, when the whole band actually comes in, 
through that one. I thought that was really nice. It's pretty, uh, yeah. But there are more chuggy rhythms in this that I do not care for. <laughs> yeah, I do like the, the, the acoustic stuff, and this song is nice. Like the, yeah. little, the little lead melody. Also, is it the dumbest or the best title? Um, I think it's the lamest, definitely. But is it, um, but is it, all, is it also the most memorable I, and in that sense, yeah, the it, greatest. Look, I, I know it's lame as fuck to say, but I do think that the music actually kind of encompasses the concept of the title pretty well. Yeah. Like if you think about it while you're listening to it, you're like, okay, it's someone going through life. And it's like, I can see they wrote it specifically for that. It's not just some dumb name that they came up with. They're like, we have this instrumental and like, you know, it's like there was like an idea behind it. It reminds me of Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It's like something a band like that would do. And I want to point out, this is the best title because we've been making jokes about this title for weeks. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That means it's great. It's uh, time to go well, back to the magic childhood. I, I'm not going to agree with that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like it overall, and I, and I think it, it fits what they were going for. Um, Placement-wise, it's weird because, like we said before, this is where the album kind of starts to drag if you're listening to it as a whole. And even though I like this song it's like this last half like i said almost feels like a, another album to me um yeah totally no I, I i like it and it fits what they're going for um you know it's cool instrumental i don't know it's got some cool riffing especially in the second part they kind of go all over the are place we on the second part now yeah are we i guess i don't know we can go to the second part i, I <clears> do <throat> not, i do not care for the second part i wish this wasn't here it's do it's, you hate the first negative I've got is more chug. I like the chug because it goes with the with like the um like Adam's family piano notes. You know, like the low end. That just sounds really funny to me. I don't know. This I mean this this one's like really not a song. It's just like a bunch of things mashed together. See, uh, I like that. That's, this, that's what progressive metal very, was in two thousand. Very, very dream that's, theater. That like sucks. This is yeah. the one that I felt like because they didn't have to. Um, I like that. It, sorry, I'm sorry. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have to um, incorporate, you know, catchy choruses and, and verses and all that. This song really lets them like kind of flex their progressive muscles and just yeah, really write something that's like intricate and goes all over the place i like that there's one get it out of their system ver- song of this yeah there's like they a don't show off. they don't throw this i mean yeah they don't do this in other songs really mm. they don't go fucking nuts like this i think i think this one's a mess there's like a, it, it it's good uh instrumentation and they can all play but there's just so many parts that i just don't like like there's a there's a dr- drum and guitar break that's kind of questionable for me and i wrote down I know it's prog, but a lot of these transitions make it sound like multiple songs mashed together. And I mean, I can get yeah, that. I, I, I guess that's what prog is, but I mean, that's not that, what prog is. That's just what this version of prog metal is. I was just going to say this is this is bad prog. <laughs> this is this is the bad things you do when you're doing progressive stuff. The the part of the song that I wrote that I don't like is the um, the give me fuel, give me fire riff. Near the end, it's like... Yeah, I wrote that too. There's just a crazy fucking chug part out of nowhere. There's no warning that this is about to happen. It just comes from fucking nowhere. Because that comes after the that lovely quiet section that sounds like like 80s instrumental rock. You know, like Cliffs of Dover style stuff. Where it's just... 
And it's just like, bum, dun, 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 kind of beautiful stuff. And then it comes back into, yeah, I think that that's one of the worst transitions I've ever heard. That, it's not even a transition. It just fucking happens. That riff, all I can think of is like a com- Hot, Hot Wheels commercial during that riff. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> there, there's a lot of wank on this song too. It's the, it's the, it's the wankiest one on the album. It's the wankiest, but, but I still don't even feel like they're like that wanky. This I mean, is, like, uh, well, I mean, it's not like, uh, sh- it is. It's not as show off shreddy wanky, which is I think what wank usually means. Like, yeah, it's but not, it's just, that's how I usually interpret it. At least it's tech riffs back to 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 back till it's done. Yeah, and I'm, but like, it's not, and I'm like, that's impressive. I don't, I don't dislike it. I think it's cool as one song. And it's I not, it's like, cool. neoclassical, like, overly. That's what a lot of bands at this time did, where it's just way too much of the kind of, like, yeah, you know, just... Shred. Just shred. Yeah, just, like, classical shred. This is riffery, and it's. I think it's pretty good. And I appreciate that they consolidated it here. That's my take. I wish they would have just left it off the album i hear this and i think god they must look so fucking cool playing this what would you say that it takes you back <laughs> to the magic of childhood it takes me back take me through the whole fucking thing dennis does it take you back it to does, the nightmare honestly childhood? it doesn't no no it's it i'm, ma- with, I'm with you think I'm with magic Brad. of childhood would be like you know fun sound part one's more like that but that but yeah, i think the, part the one is back to the but magic part of childhood. two but part two is literally about like adulthood it's called exploring life yeah. Is it? If it's about yeah, yes. adulthood, then why is it called Back to the Magic of Childhood? <laughs> adulthood and childhood are two completely different things. This should be... Part one, conception, it be part exploring one. life. It should be exploring life, the saga, part one, Back to the Magic of Childhood, back to... Back to the, the magic of adulthood. Part, adolescence. <laughs> Hormone, yeah. Hormones. They didn't They didn't think this through very well. They're Norwegian. Getting pubes. That's... You... What? They're Norwegian, so they... It's a joke. In Norway, they don't get their pubes until they're 27. Racist. Everybody knows that Norway is at the very bottom of education in the entire world. So, Aren't they is like that the true? top, actually? Yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke, Dennis. Thank you. Look at those well, stupid fucking... <laughs> it makes me sad that you don't like this song, but I get it. For me, it's just kind of... All the individual parts are really cool. I like it. So I, like I think it. it's cool. Except for the, the Hot Wheels. Riffs. But again, like everything else on this album, and everything else in the world, honestly... It's not for everybody. And I get it. Okay. <laughs> I could totally understand why someone would like it. It took me a long time to like realize how much I really liked this band, you know? I mean, like until like a couple of years ago, I wouldn't even really like consider myself like a big fan. I th- since we've uh, got such a large gap between us recording, I've had plenty of time to listen to this and I've listened to it multiple times. I'm not going to like this any more than I already do. I'm talking about like me listening to this for years. Right. And like being prone to stuff like this. Okay. But I'm, this isn't going to grow on me in any way. I'm not saying it will. I'm, okay. just, I'm, I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I can, I'm, I'm just saying that that's why I can completely understand why it's not for everybody. I'm not saying it'll grow on you eventually. I'm just saying like, I realize that why people wouldn't be like mm-hmm. super into it. Hmm. I've got, like, I've got some prog albums that like over time I start to appreciate or dislike more. You know? Yeah. Like that Control Denied album. When I first got it years ago, I liked it a lot. Now I listen to it and I'm like, this is a this is like a disaster of an album. <laughs> it's a genre that you you have to dedicate yourself to. I think it literally so like the complexity of it lends itself to you have to basically study it 
and then you go oh check out this part that comes up after this you know you, and also because it's progressive kind of bec- it becomes a part of you it grows differently and by nature the fact that it's progressive means that some of it is not going to work like because they're trying new things yeah and yeah. so parts of it yeah. legitimately are going to sound bad <laughs> Because they're trying something new. I don't really think that's true for every progressive album, though. No, I don't. I'm, I don't mean that. Not for Kansas. I don't mean every <laughs> every band, but there will be times where you know a band's trying something. To them, it works, but in practice, it doesn't. You yeah. Know? You can also, say the same thing for experimental music. Yeah. yeah. So. I appreciate them trying. The avant garde. Also, progressive, I think, kind of started meaning a different thing after like the '70s and '80s. Now it's more like recreating that style than actually doing new things yeah they're not totally i do i mean i do think bands are obviously always doing new things but they're it's an homage to the people in the 60s and 70s who were actually like expanding the sound palette of yeah i think things that were considered progressive back then that were actually innovating are now just called experimental yes like, Especially like there, there like wasn't people really, who are actually experimenting now. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the progressive stuff that's going on now. Like progressive rock. I for the last I don't know thirty years maybe. There's not really anything that really stands out. You might say Tool or Porcupine Tree, but I mean none of that's like blowing anybody's mind. Like wow, I never thought of that. I think uh, I think it's blown think a lot of people. Of people yeah, like a lot Tool's of definitely dying, really Tool Tool and Porcupine Tool's like fucking huge, yeah, dude. I know Tool especially huge. is like one of the biggest bands, and like yeah, there is there I mean, is one thing. Say what you will about Tool. I mean, they are like unique. There is one thing that sounds like Tool before Tool came out, and it is like two minutes of of a Rush song on Farewell to Kings, and Tool is super unique sounding for when they came out, and even still today, I don't think a lot of bands. Is it the end of sickness. I don't know, man. Yes. Yeah. The end of nice. sickness. Book one. Well, when I listen to Tool, it just sounds like, yeah, this is '90s grunge, but it's kind of technical. Yeah, but that's new. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the the way that they were technical was also new. Like they were using weird rhythms. Yeah, I like. I'm not a huge fan of Tool, but I think that they were they were truly a, a progressive band for the time. I mean, we've talked about this even more in more recent months, where I I try to give Tool a chance every day, and it just doesn't work for me. But like, I've I mean, I've tried several times. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not a fan of Tool, but like I said, I do think that they are unique and they are something different. Um, what I wanted to say with how progressive music, you know. Um, even when you get into like metal, like progressive death metal is almost a formula at this point. Um, like some of it, so much of it is just like bass and you know like kind of riffs, and then it all like you can you can tell that a band is trying to sound like progressive death metal. Um, and then like you said, Dennis, the experimental bands are the ones that are like actually sounding new and different and trying new things. Yeah. So. <clears throat> It's kind of hard to be progressive. Back to, back to that point, most people probably think most of experimental music sucks. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of it is jarring and weird. and Yeah. So I'll, I'll concede that Tool sounded unique. Maybe a little bit of Porcupine Tree. I don't know much Porcupine Tree, but I, I wish know they're I liked popular. There's a, I can't get into it. There's a couple of Porcupine Tree albums that I like. I wonder, I'm not like a fan of like their entire discography though so many of like it feels like uh porcupine tree has one of those fan bases that like no matter what they do like they they get gets hailed as like the best thing ever like radiohead 
Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I uh, honestly think Hedgehog Bush is way better. Stephen Wilson is one of those guys where I'm well, like, come we're on, skipping, we're skipping like over you. that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to like you, Stephen Wilson, but you're also kind of just Stephen Wilson's kind of a kind of me. a kind of a seems like a up his own ass kind of guy. Bit of a but, you know, <laughs> but I I, I I think he's a great musician and he's a good producer too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like a lot of his music. He just I, put I out some uh, remixes of Jethro Tull's classic albums that sound phenomenal. I'm like he. Got, he's been, he's been he got official like word to remix years. Jethro Tull shit. Mm-hmm. They sound that's fanta- cool. Or they're, they're like remastered. They sound fantastic. Yeah. They're remixed. Are they? I own a couple He remixed them. them for real. Yeah. That's cool. He's been doing it for a few years. He did uh, Stormwatch. It's cool. And he did Broadsword and the Beast. They sound awesome. He's a, he's a great producer. I mean, like, he he really is. I mean, shit, look at those fucking Opeth albums he did. Those things still sound great today. Which ones did he do? Blackwater Park. The best sounding ones. <laughs> My balls, your mouth. <laughs> That's right. He didn't do that one. I always thought that. Um, uh, what's the one with the. That's uh, Ghost Reveries? Yes. Did you do Grand that? Grand Conjuration? Yes. The best Opeth song? That's that, not the best Opeth song. That's not even the best song on you that sound album. Like Acre Cocky. That's not even the best song on that album. That's the best fucking song. Anyways, I, I like that, that up because it, that whole song is money. It has a good sound. Except for the fucking video is the fucking edit version is shit. Edit version? Yeah, they cut it down to like a four minute song for the video. I watched um, an Acre Cocky video the other day, and it's just one where they're like in suits in a parking garage, and like there's a a, a girl in like a leather dress walking around. Uh, yeah, that song fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the ones off of I think Karanzan. Yeah. I had that one. That's the only one I had. <laughs> That's the worry. <laughs> That's I feel like some of that, some of this conversation was like good, substantial stuff. And now we're just talking about bands. Like. I don't know where we are. Yeah, we need to get back. back Sorry. On, back on topic. Back to the magic. <clears throat> I think we were done with that song for the most part. I think so. Yeah. Can we go to the song that I hate? <laughs> In brilliant white light. I hate this song. I enjoyed this one. I like this one too. I hate him singing on this one. It's so fucking annoying. Uh, I think it's I mean, a nice little piano vocal duet thing. The part where he goes, in your dimension. <laughs> I hate it. That's what I'm talking about. I, can, like I, can, I can agree with you a little bit there. That some of the vocal melodies that he does it's also his really, really don't rub me the right what way. Think? No. To me, that sounds like he's like, he's like, listen to what I can do. I don't like it. I like yeah. the the song, the piano, and the general like calm atmosphere is lovely. But when he starts singing, I just don't like it. I think it's fine. This sounds like an intro to another album, like we keep saying. <laughs> it sounds like an intro to another album, or it sounds like a closer. Or I don't know, man. It seemed it. It seems like at the end of Back to the Magic of Childhood, I'm like spent, and I'm like, all right. I did an experiment since Let's we had so much, up, boys. Since we had so much time to listen to this album uh, intently for this. I mean, I've listened to this album a lot before that, but I. uh was feeling the length thing the whole time as like the biggest hurdle and like i tried an experiment one day where i just i just listened from like seven sacred promises through the end as like its own album mm-hmm. works a lot better mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you split this album like right down the middle you got two pretty good fucking 35 minute albums <laughs> like, well, I, that's, it's like, every time i listen to this i'm thinking like this should be two albums yeah 
Um, the, the, sh- the, the thing about that too is um, pretty much all of their albums are like this length. Although I will say the next one, even though it's like just as long, feels more like a cohesive just album by itself. I don't really get that fatigue. Even though, like I said, I, I can't say enough. Like I like every song on this album. I think it's really good. The length does affect it for me. I think that's another relic of the early digital age. Like shit was just fucking long because I could put it on CDs. You know? Yeah. Felt like a waste. Hmm. To like, use a whole yeah. CD because it was expensive back then. The next one, it's, it's yeah. A, I I mean, I remember getting CDs and be like, "This one's fucking long. This is awesome." Yeah, I remember. I yeah, I remember getting a CD and flipping it over and seeing that half of it was full and being like, "What the fuck?" More bang for your buck. They ripped me off. We, had, you, we used to have to pay for music. <laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, I, I still do. I will say what? like, um, he's a simp. <laughs> <laughs> I will say like like I said, the next record feels more cohesive as like a giant album as opposed to like this one doesn't really feel as cohesive. Like I, I think that conceptually it does, but it's just like too much of the same thing over and over again, I guess I could have cut three or four sacred promises off of this. <laughs> um, the four sacred <laughs> promises. I wanted to, that thing I brought up earlier, I feel like if you rearrange this album, if you made Back to the Magic of Childhood one and two, one song, um, shortened in Brilliant White Light by maybe a minute and a half, I'm back and forth on if you could take out the vocal lines, but made that the finale of this album, you've got like an awesome 15 minute like prog odyssey that just closes it out. And I think that would have been a great way to close the album. Well, I think that would have sucked. We'll, really. talk, we'll talk about... Well, well talk- you didn't like... Back to the magic of childhood. We'll talk to the ne- We'll talk about the the next two songs, which I will say that I like both of those songs. But I will say I I think this this would have been a good place to end it if not if they didn't end it before uh, Back to the Magic of Childhood mm-hmm. at least, um, or cut like a lot of that song out. Um, but yeah, no, I I like this. It, it does feel like an interlude or an intro to another record though, <laughs> which is a weird thing to feel when you're already like. 50 minutes into an album mm-hmm. um but but i like it i think it's a good interlude i think it's a chance for old, old ronnie and nils to <laughs> shine <laughs> a bit um but yeah I don't, I don't really have too much else to say because i mean it's only like a two and a half minute you know interlude thing just piano and vocals yeah uh, I, I think it's fine yeah it's fine yeah uh it, it should have been somewhere else probably know. yeah Speaking of should have been somewhere else, uh, let's talk about uh, Adrian Shores. Um, the replaced r- song. The random single that's just towards the end of this album. I like this song, but it really feels like they just wrote a single and they're like, oh, I guess we got to put this here somewhere. Like, I think this one's pretty rocking. I like it. I, I like the song. I'm just saying like the placement is so weird. Like, it, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, Yes, it's it's. this is the song that I can never remember how it goes because of where it's placed. It's in between the instrumentals and the piano song and then the last one. And I'm always like, what's that song sound like? But when you're in it, it's a good song. Yeah, it's it's cool. a, it's, a, it's a good song. I think they even had a video for this one. This one was like a single. I'm I did s- like... I, I honestly have no notes for this. I, am, I have been so fatigued every time <laughs> getting to this. I have no like brainless mashed potatoes. Yeah, you don't remember this one? No. It says somewhere I'll find a way. Follow 
sound of mm-hmm. from the skies. No, I know it. Yeah, I, I wrote down that the, the bridge is awesome, but then the breakdown before the chorus ruins the flow. Do you know what I'm talking about? The bridge is like really cool and, and epic, and then it does another like of the, the kind of like bass breakdown, like the accept lines. And then it gets to the chorus, and I'm like, you kind of just ruin the flow a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, because cause he does the, in my mind, I swear yeah. I'm sure. And then, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the accept part, never mind. Yeah. But <clears throat> that breakdown kind of, it, it was stupid, I think. I mean, there. I made a note that there's like a little guitar break that goes into the solo that's pretty good, that's kind of chuggy. Is that what you're talking about? For which part? The part that I don't like? The right before the solo. No, this is this is the the in the bridge um, when it it does the like Nick just said. I've already forgotten how it goes, but <laughs> there's the the bridge is like cool and epic, and then it does like a kind of breakdown riff, and then it goes into the huge epic chorus. But it's such a flow breaker, and I'm like, why would you do this? I I, I like yeah. the flow of that. I think it works. I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't. <laughs> so is is it on that chorus after that part is where the, the multi-layered vocals come in? Let me play it real quick. Yeah, play it real quick. Pagan's my hand. This song, though, he does use that thing that he uses in Dimensions of Fire where... Uh, I do like this song. It's good. It's a good song. It's just placed with bridge. And then they go into a chug for like 20 seconds. And then they go back to the epic chorus. I feel like that's just... I like it. I, th- I think I, it flows I, pretty I thought cool. that was fine. It, it bugs me. I don't like it. Well, <clears throat> that's mean, not even a chug. That's like the, that's a that's a riff. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a riff. I'd say that was a riff. Um, but yeah, the the only negative thing I have to say about this song is when he they do multi layered vocals. Some of them kind of just run into each other a little bit awkwardly. They don't really sound that great to me. Mm-hmm. I say this one's got another uh, super clean and tasteful guitar solo in it too. Yeah, I wrote um, down uh, Dennis. I don't remember how it goes, but oh, they, no, I don't remember. But I wrote, I'm not a huge fan of the um, the Genty keyboard solo, but then the guitar solo afterwards is great. But I think the, there's like a chuggy little like keyboard bit. Hmm. I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, the but solo I, was great. He does. Uh, they they do this thing in the chorus of the song too that they do in the pre-chorus for. Uh, dimensions of fire that i was talking about earlier where he does those like octave chords where it's like moving up and it makes it sound like really full and big and i really like when he does that he only does it on those two songs i think but it's it sounds really cool it's used in a a good effect to make it sound more grandiose yeah this this is a fun song yeah it's just it's just the placement really Mm -hmm. throws me off on that one which sucks because like i said it is a really good song and like if it was placed differently i feel like people would remember it more <laughs> it's also one though i will say if it was cut it'd be all right just for the sake of shortening the album yeah but it is a good one i do like it yeah well let's go to the uh go to the closer yeah prophecy mm. of pleiades 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 I don't, I don't know pleiades i've always said pleiades pleiades would you like to pleiades nuts pleiades <laughs> I think this is a cool epic closer. I think this is a cool song and a terrible closer. I think it's a good song and a good closer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no recollection. <laughs> this is the one that has the like bleep bloopy keyboards, the very quiet verses. Um, 
the cool chorus where he says, Falling in deep trance. There's a very cool extended solo and like keyboard solo section like halfway through. But this is another one where it's kind of just, it's a lot of stuff going on. And this song, lots of various parts. It is. But I would say, it, I mean, it's kind of similar in that way to uh, Back to the Magic of Childhood Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it's, the, it's either the longest or the second longest song between those two. I can't remember which I think this longer. one's a little bit longer. They're okay. bo- they both clock over nine minutes, I think. But. Yeah, I think when they're, when they're doing this, the, the long, like, proggy songs, I think they need the vocals in there to keep it structured well, because I think... Uh, Back to the Magic of Childhood Part 2 is a fucking mess. But this is a good song. I like this song a lot. Yeah, I, I really like um, just it. It it kind of fits this uh, really like great blend of like t- sad but epic kind of sound that the some power metal bands can do, you know? <laughs> Whereas like it usually is reserved for more like power ballady songs from song's like bands a- like this. But this is more of just like a melancholy yeah like a like a an epic you know an, an epic you know because i mean it's like the long song long form song but mm-hmm. um uh no i just I, I just love the mood of this song and i like all the movements um uh every i feel like every member gets a chance to shine in this song too a bit like you know it's a like the i love the walking bass through the verses yeah i like the bass playing on this mm-hmm. one a lot yeah. too yeah um, yeah, the verses are very like keyboard, or, uh, bass, and and drum focused. Yeah, so. the the drums especially too. Um, he's doing a lot of like really subtle soft cymbal work, like to go along with what the bass is doing, and it's 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 really cool. It's it's super. So- Another example of the rhythm section in this band just being fucking on top of it. You know, like mm-hmm. they they really work the shit out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Nils is super emotional as he's been most of this record. <laughs> <laughs> and he really delivers um uh yeah i don't know it's just a, it's just a really good song i mean like mm-hmm. i i really dig this one a lot um chorus is super sad sounding and descending and cool i don't know it's good stuff when i said i think it's a bad outro what i mean by that is the actual ending of this song is weird oh oh hang dun, on dun, wait dun. a minute wait a minute yeah. wait a minute I made a note on this. This is two album picks in a row that end with spooky space sounds. That's true. I guess it does, yeah, because it, it, it echoes that, that fuck, the keyboard effect, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last, like, 20 seconds is just like... Yeah. No slime monsters in this one, though. No, no slime monsters. No. no girlfriends breaking up either or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this song just kind of ends. It comes back for, like, a minute into... Um, an earlier part of the song and then it just stops and then it goes and i think that's a very strange way to end a 70 minute uh <laughs> epic prog album it's like how the sopranos did it just, <laughs> just nice segue just gonna go take a dump and just then like mid-sentence ending you know or seinfeld <laughs> no that's dream theater too i only like the sopranos first album pull, pull me under ends like mid-riff Really, mm-hmm. that's just that's just that one song though. It is just that one song, but it's their biggest song. I suppose it is. It's the the Sopranos ending. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this song a lot. I just think it's a very. Uh, I think either the song should be halfway through the album, or the ending should be extended or reworked a little bit. 
to better uh, kind of just flow out. This is kind of funny, but it speaks to how much of a this is such a a, a a prog metal thing to do in quotes is uh besides through Osiris's eyes, this is like the one song that they always play live from this album. Hmm. It's always like the second track or something that they but. I don't know. It's a. I, I like this song a lot. I think it's a good closer, even though we've had about like three closers at this point. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like know. the end of uh, end of Return of the King. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> it could end now. No, there's 50 <laughs> minutes left. And then they're technically a good 50 minutes, but I'm still holding out for the Sharky cut. Sure, it could have just been a fourth movie. And then you're like, oh, okay. I think I think uh, I think I'm about to be able to go pee. And then they're like, "Just kidding! You gotta watch the Hobbits go away now." <laughs> I still am. That is beautiful, though. But then you know what is con- on the extended edition? It is misleading because the last like twenty minutes of the movie is credits. Yeah, yeah, it's because true. it has the fan club. So I'm watching. And I'm like, "What the fuck else is there?" Nothing. Also, I'm just chiming in with like pop culture references because I don't remember this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say though, with uh, Return of the King, I'm still holding out for the Sharky cut. <laughs> Still waiting for that. I have no idea what any of that means. Um, Saruman's alter ego. But for the prophecy of <laughs> Pleiades or whatever. Um, <laughs> Pleiades. Pleiades. Uh, Pilates. <laughs> Pilates, yeah. Uh, there's another like really pretty melodic section that reminds me a lot of Parallels Era Fate's Warning in this song that I enjoyed. So my, my peak enjoyment of this album is when they sound like Fate's Warning. <laughs> they do a good job at sounding like a, a spacey fate's warning yeah they they fit their conceptual ideas well like the tones usually work really well for that and uh um but yeah i never really made the comparison fate's warning until you brought that up i don't know why <laughs> but but it does it does sound like fate's warning a yeah decent that's, amount. that's mainly what i hear in this album is is parallels era fate's warning and dream theater mixed together i don't hear a lot of fate's warning on the rest of the album but i get what you're saying I still feel like though uh, we'll we'll talk about this there, after this, but, but um, but yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I hear um, sorry, Nick. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's just pretty much it for that song, unless you got mm. some particular stuff. Before I forget about it, I just want to say uh, with bands that are reminded of by this album, I hear mostly Stradivarius. Um, it's got a bit of that too. The yeah. singer reminds me of. Do you guys can you guys pinpoint? Who he sounds like? He sounds like an amalgamation of a lot of people. Yeah, to me, I hear things in him, and I'm like, "Who is that?" I feel like he Andre Matos a little bit. Yeah, he's got some Dickinson in him too. Yeah, everyone does. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. He's he's got that like he. I feel like he has a wider range, but um, uh, he sticks in that uh <laughs> that Labrie note range a bit a lot. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can kind of hear that. I don't know if that's just it melding with like the dream theater ish riffs that they'll do sometimes. He, but he like, sounds like Labrie before he damaged his vocal cords and he had bigger range. Yeah. So you know, when, but he also was has that like dream theater. No, after I think it was after images and words. It he might this might have been after or before awake, but they toured Japan and he got food poisoning and he threw up so fucking hard he damaged his vocal cords. Jesus Christ! So he I'm not disparaging him at all like he was he he is a good singer hmm. but even on like images and words i i mean he went he he was more rangy than he was afterwards but 
this dude's like 10 times that you know? yeah i mean he he has i don't know nils has a lot of different things but i feel like he, he's made it his own thing i mean he like really that, that reminds so. me of a less like scratchy uh tobias Sammet at times yeah like he just we're naming a lot of vocalists and a lot of them are completely different but yeah i mean like he's, I, I, he's, I didn't <laughs> think he sounded anything like tobias Sammet. he i don't think he see that's that's what i mean like he doesn't really sound like him but he just reminds me a lot i can see him, of him. kind of he kind of has the energy and the like Mandrake the, era. The vibrato of Mandrake era. The big Tobias slow Sammet. vibrato. Yeah, yeah. Like really dramatic. I would let him sing me to sleep. He's he's good. He's great. I, I he's, wouldn't I wouldn't get a wink of sleep if this dude was singing to me. Because you'd he's probably it's it's probably pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's one of those guys that sings really, really quietly, but it's super powerful and stuff. It's just super low volume. Yeah. I think that'll uh I'll do it for the tracks unless anybody has something particular to say about that song again. I would just like to throw in that the yeah. the intro of this song sounded super duper promising to me and then they started chugging again. They do. I wrote <laughs> I wrote down that I hate the chuggy riff at the beginning. I hate chugs. I'll always call them I like out. when they alternate between the time signatures at the beginning with the chugs. The dun 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 and then they go to dun 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 Right, you're gonna tell me cool that shit, yeah. yeah you're gonna tell me you like the dun, 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 no dun, but dun. it's like white noise to me <laughs> i worked at hot topic for like five years guys <laughs> I, it, yeah, I got a confession i like i like heavy shit sometimes <laughs> you're a bad mf'er you know you do wear basketball shorts at home hell yeah need <laughs> <laughs> to go get a skull tattoo <laughs> wait dennis you wear basketball shorts too you should like only when i play basketball you should like Billy Badass music. I don't. You used to. I used to? Did you used to like, no. <laughs> no. Didn't you used to like a Treyu or whatever? That was, that was in like. That's not Billy Badass. That's not Billy. It's not? That's I don't not. know what I don't know what a Treyu sounds like. That's guys. like middle school shit where I didn't know any better. I, I'd never heard better music because that's the kind of shit they'd play on Headbangers Ball. So I was like, oh, I guess this is the heavy shit now. So I'll listen to this. And then there was one night that I'll never forget where Headbangers Ball did a King Diamond marathon and it changed my life. <laughs> That's a good story, though. I love that That's story. That's a really good story. Yeah. That's funny. It's fucking Jamie Josta host, and he's like, here you go, motherfuckers. This you. heavy shit. And you were like, like you were like, who's this motherfucker? I see him cross-legged <laughs> on the floor, just like a foot from the TV. Like, Dude, I watched yeah. I watched a video of um, Merciful Fate playing with Metallica a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and you could tell a bunch of people in the crowd were like, what's going on? Yeah. They were like, are you going to play Fuel? They're like, why is this dude? <laughs> and you know, it's it's modern King Diamond where his his face is all white and he's just got like black crosses all over. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're probably just like, what the fuck are? We? They weren't ready. What's this guy doing? King Diamond is the reason me and Dennis are friends. Were you wearing a KD shirt? He was. Yeah, I think I was. I was wearing my them shirt. That's cool. And uh, we had to do this thing in sociology class where uh, we got paired up with the person we were sitting next to. And we had to introduce them and ask them like certain questions, and they got we had like a list. And so like, um, I wasn't with Dennis, but uh, I got paired with a, 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 a Korean pastor. I remember like we we had to you know introduce each other by how uh, we answered the questions, and um, whoever got paired up with uh, Dennis said it, when they asked the last question was uh, if you could have dinner with somebody, who would it be? And he said King Diamond, and I was like, that guy's gonna be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Check my name's Nick. Nice. What's your name? And when he told me that, and I looked him up, I was expecting him to totally suck ass. 
I was like, oh, yeah, I was, you guys are actually pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised. I was he came up, he came up, he was like, he was like, I really like that demo or whatever. And I was like, I was like, stay heavy or die, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. Where were we? We were done with the tracks. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, overall thoughts. Overall, yeah. Our, our famous segment. You guys, want to do good stuff then? Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, uh, Dennis, you go first, and I'll I'll go last since it was my pick. You go last. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is. I guess this is more of a good thing, so I'll just say that the production is pretty good. Um, the only thing that I don't like is when the vocal effects pop up all over the place. And it's, I mean, it's kind of just like an industry standard production for the genre, where it's just, you know, it, it sounds of quality, but it's, you know, it's the quality you expect from, you know, prog power of the years that this came out. I think it holds up for today. Yeah, it sounds and, fine. Uh, um, all, all these guys can play. Their instruments very well. Uh, the vocalist is very good too. Uh, yeah, other than what I've already said, I mean, that's the only other things I wanted to add to my positives. Cool, cool, Max. Um, <clears throat> I mean, overall, this is this is a really fun, um, good album. To just re- reiterate, uh, all the performances are incredible. They're all fantastic musicians. Like I said, the production is great. Um, I like this album enough that I tracked down the copy and bought it. Um, yeah. Hmm. I accidentally bought a cardboard promo copy first, and then I canceled it. Hmm. Made someone on eBay feel bad. Hmm. Um, I was nice to him about it, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, not a, not a whole lot more to add besides it's a it's a fun, solid album. Brett? Uh, yeah, just echoing your guys thoughts i think they're a really tight band they're all really really fucking good at their instruments yeah i think especially i don't know especially i think the singer is about as good as you can get but really they all are so i can't say especially one or the other and i think song for song there's not really a bad one you know taken one at a time these are all really good songs Mm -hmm. yeah um i'd agree i'd like so I before um I just want to bring up again that the the drum work I think is like perfect. The drummer is like beyond good on I, this I, album. I, I enjoyed the drums very much too. That's why he's in like 30 bands. I like I, <laughs> I know you didn't, but I like the the like keyboard tones too. I like what mm-hmm. he used. It's it's like cheesy prog rock tones. I think it's I think it works. And I like the blend um the blend of like progressive metal and power metal i think they did it in a really in a good way you know there are a lot of bands like this and you know i think they uh paired it together well yeah all right yeah um uh yeah i'll echo all of that i think they're all great the performances are great nils uh in particular stands out for me um uh his approach to just like melody and how he delivers it really just appeals to me like it, it just hits me in a really good way um yorn is a great guitar player solos are all tasteful and good there's not like a bad solo on here or even like a mediocre one i think they're all like soulful and good uh i'd say i enjoy all of the keyboard stuff too um the rhythm section's tight as hell and uh they really do a great job um i think 
Yeah, go ahead. I think that's one thing. Like the solos aren't overly wanky. Like he They're plays so good. He uh, look, plays guitar. It's like I was saying before. Like I mean, like they have. I really like him, and and seeing that interview with him about like talking about how he's not too technical, like a yeah. techie guy, and like he's just like, I just practice a lot and I play. You know, <laughs> like he's just like it shows. Like I mean, he just he 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 pays attention to the song and and how and you know there's I, I will say. Um, I, I sent Brett a song off their last record and I don't know if you guys have bothered to listen to like any of their other stuff but Not like yet. um, so their last record Heavenly Ecstasy um, it uh Angel Cone yeah <laughs> um, there's a there's a single on it they have a video for it and everything it's called Intermission it's one of their most like well known songs but uh, the thing that everybody points out is the, the solo in it and it's not like super flashy but it's quite possibly one of the most tasteful solos I've ever heard. Like, it's just great. Like mm. it. And, and it's like, it's phenomenal. It's like what everybody talks about on that song. But, um, uh, you know, he's just, he's great. I really like him a lot. <laughs> and like, and so him and Nils together, uh, I, I just like really put it over the top for me. And it also helps that the rest of the band is just so fucking solid and good. Um, I think the only other thing that I can add to the good that hasn't really been said throughout the songs, um, is just, uh, Right, but oh uh yeah so this this band plays like a style that's not necessarily like my exact wheelhouse like when i say that i love like power metal like i was never like a huge into like progressive power metal bands like but these guys keep me a lot more engaged than like their contemporaries like symphony x or something like that like i i i like this a lot and uh and and i'd say that for like their entire discography which is saying a lot because i feel like every album they've done sounds pretty different from each other like i mean i don't i don't think they really the next one is probably the most comparable to this but even it like songwriting wise is quite a bit different um so i mean i don't know i dig this band a lot and uh uh does say that's it that's a bit of a novelty in this in this particular niche genre for me but it's not too far of a step but yeah i like it a lot all right sweet you guys want to go to the old the old bad yeah, the overall bad. Yeah. 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 The Dennis. bad. Um. Oh, there's just too much chugging on this album. <laughs> <laughs> they do it way too much, and, and it, I, I said it earlier. It adds an artificial heaviness to the music. It's like it's like metal 101 or metal for dummies. Something you read in that just chug. It'll be heavy. Like it's, it's just it's not a very thoughtful thing to do. It's that very late nineties, uh early two thousands yeah. power metal thing where it's like if you want to be metal, it's, you gotta add in the I mean it's literally it's the infl- it's what was happening, like new metal and shit. All music, all yeah. heavy music was that then. Yeah. You I don't know. It's it just was in the air. It just it just comes off it I think it's a cheap thing to do. Um luckily they don't uh well, no, never mind. I'm not even going to say that. Um, the, the album's too long. What? It's too long. You think it's too long? This album's too long. This album's too fucking long. Yeah. Um, Way too long. And as much as I enjoy this sound, I will say that it's not very original, and it reminds me a lot of Dream Theater or something like a newer prog power band, Circus Maximus. It reminded me of that quite a bit, too. And then there's the moments where it sounds like Fate's Warning. It's just... It just sounds like competent, good prog power with some high points, 
and there's nothing bad that happens. I just it's not particularly original. I agree with that. So, is it my turn? Yes, Max. Um, I, I would I would kind of to echo some of that. Is the occasionally this album is very progressive. Occasionally it's very formulaic. Um, I don't think they quite had the balance of writing truly progressive power metal music a lot of it is just you know it's just power metal that kind of just has some weird stuff in it at times um and again this album is way too fucking long they they should they need to cut about probably 15 20 minutes out of it but i don't know what what they could have cut um i don't think no individual song deserves cutting but it still just needs to lose something I, um, ideally I feel like they should have released all of this material but it should have been like an album and an EP like they should have separated some of this stuff or something mm-hmm. I mean like because cause, uh, again I, I don't really think there's anything that I'd want to cut because yeah, I like should have done a Stargate EP and the rest on you know like most of it's not Stargate right or is it all kind of Stargate that's for the next record yeah <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna go. We're gonna go fifty percent Stargate on this one. See how people like it. <laughs> um, see if people like it. They're already fucking invested. It's on the fucking album cover. <laughs> the next one still has the fucking gate. Not on the, the cover. TV show. <laughs> don't come to me with that MacGyver shit. I Someone don't comes like up, MacGyver. They want him to sign their their DVD box set of the Stargate. <laughs> the SG one, and he's hand. just like, get the fuck away from Kurt me. Russell, James Spader. <laughs> that movie is I think like really really good it is really good I, I really like Stargate it's that era of movies like Jurassic Park where they were getting really good at like epics and Roland Oscars. Emmerich and uh, his, the creature designer on that is uh, I forget his first name but it's Tatopoulos who he named uh, Matthew Broderick's character after in the Godzilla 98 movie what? such a funny joke I don't like that fact anyways Brett what are your overall bad? yeah Brett the bat hmm so fucking long it's so long it's so long and they start repeating themselves like, i thought you meant to, i thought you meant your list was so long no no, no this but, album yeah. is so so long yeah um and really like they've got like three different types of songs and then they just start repeating you know um it really really loses me and this kind of power metal is just not really my genre and i i love i do really appreciate it in like bursts you know like i love a song here and there or a really really strong album i think we all would be okay with putting on dreamscape lucidity at any point you know? yeah for like, sure yeah. like I, I in theory in concept i love the style but it's also so um i don't know it's so lush and like it's such dense uh m- music there's so much going on and it's kind of the same thing for so long that it, it's just exhausting to me. Um, and kind of same with prog metal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it in concept and they just really, if they cut fucking six songs from this, it'd be way better if they just trimmed a little bit of the fat. Um, that's really it. I mean, like theoretically, this is, this is all really, really good, but, I think in practice they could have made a better package 
I think I think you had a bigger problem with the length than I did because the only things I'd cut is Dimensions of Fire and then Back to the Magic of Childhood Part Dude, Two. I I made it through this album all the way once. Hmm. I I <laughs> I could like the last three songs are like I You're just, just done by that point. It. Yeah, hmm. I can split it up into two, but like you shouldn't have to. You definitely shouldn't have to. I agree with that. Yeah. So not. I've been listening to a lot. <laughs> Not not through like any real uh, purpose, but I've been listening to a lot of like sub forty minute long albums lately, and so going to one that's over thirty minutes longer, a lot of times I'm like, "Whoa, there's a lot left." I understand. Forty five is a sweet spot, and this is like almost double that. I'd say forty forty five to fifty is kind of like the perfect uh, album length. It should, except for some some. I have I have several seventy minute albums that I wouldn't want any any shorter. Yeah, because I would I would say that in a general sense I prefer albums that are you know between forty and forty five minutes or so. But like I mean, it depends on the style. Mm-hmm. It depends on the material, obviously. Yeah, I, th- I mean, um, I think period, no matter what, it should leave you wanting more, and this leaves you needing a break. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. I say um yeah so for my bad um I'm sorry were you done yeah <laughs> uh, uh for my bad um yeah like I said a few times throughout this whole thing I could see how this wouldn't be for everybody and it's a bit like too much to an extent because I mean like a lot of bands that play this particular style are too much for me but this one it just it just really works for me I don't know why. Um, this band just in general I, I really like them um, it is too long uh, but I will say the individual songs keep me engaged enough that like I like the whole album and I don't know what the hell I'd cut like personally I mean I I, I don't know that's hard for me to say um, but yeah I, I'd, I'd say another negative is that <laughs> you kind of have to have the uh, the power metal or the progressive metal bone in your body to like really enjoy this this isn't like something that, like someone who's not already kind of into that stuff could this hear and be like i'm into this this now. is not an entry level <laughs> like like i don't i don't think it's entry level even though i mean it, it very well could be i mean there there might be some people out there pagan's mind's first band they ever heard like this and they fucking love it you know i, think, I mean like i think the song of cyrus eyes that like as the first track i was like whoa dude this is awesome you know I'm still surprised that you like that one so much. I love it. I like, love it. And then it goes into the shreddy, you know, I don't know. I figured you'd be all about fucking break the cryptic key of Taurus. I like that too. <laughs> but, um, mostly magic crystal skies. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, like that, that's all I really have to say for negative. I mean, like, uh, for me, this, this, this really works for the most part. Um, like I said, besides the length and, uh, I mean, I would say that like a negative would be like I'd have to be in the mood to listen to this, but that's with every fucking album, you know. I mean, like I'm not always going to be in the mood for power metal stuff, but I mean, like I'm probably more in the mood for this than more times than not. So, but yeah, uh, do you guys want to circle around overall and score real quick? Yeah, we can wrap it up. Cool. Yeah, go ahead, Dennis. Um. Yeah, I guess I've already said everything I kind of need to say about what it is. Um. I think this is a good album, and they're good musicians. Uh, they did a good job with it. Um, I just don't think it's any better than a good album. 
Um, there's just there's too many nitpicky problems that just add up um, to enough of a negative where I'd you know say confidently that this is not great music, but it is good. Um, and I did enjoy it, uh, not enough to you know look deeper into the band or to purchase this or anything like that. But I, I had a pretty good time with it, so I gave it a seventy-three. It's fair enough. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I, I I liked this album quite a bit. It was it it was fun to listen to. I'm glad that I finally know what Pagan's Mind is um, more than just a prog power band. Um, I'm 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 glad that that you picked it. Um, I'm glad you picked it, and I I you know this is one I'm gonna revisit from time to time. It was um, one that I would say just to, for picking it. Um, it was one that I thought about, like not just because I'm into it, but um, just the fact that I was I was really curious about your guys' opinions because I know it's not like something that like I've really talked about a lot, but this is an album that I really really like, you know. <laughs> so I was just I was kind of curious because I don't feel like it's typically up any of our exact wheelhouses per se i mean um uh, it, like i said i mean this isn't even really a niche genre that i'm super well versed in but i but i do really enjoy this band mm-hmm. so but yeah yes i like this album quite a bit um i had a couple problems with it nothing major i would give it an 80 pretty good score yeah. noise brent uh it's kind of more coincidental i mean I didn't have this plan, but I'm looking at the scores. I liked this probably a little more than Tango in the Night, but a l- not as much as Synchronicity. I'm giving it a 73. Oh, so you copied Dennis. Dennis, is what you're saying? What? I, that's why I said it's it's coincidental. <clears throat> more so, because I gave Tango in the Night a 72, and I'm kind of working off that because I didn't have anything prepared. But I think that fits. I think this is, I think this is good. Um, but there's it just like, ooh, am I really gonna pick this album up and listen to it all the way through? Maybe parts, you know. Same with few standouts, basically. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's a seven. It's in the seventies. All right. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, as I've said pretty much this whole time. Um. I really dig this band um, and this album is the one that got me into them. Um, I think it's, it's pretty close to my favorite of theirs. Um, It's great prog power metal album that leans more into the uh, power metal style songwriting. I think overall Um, great performances all throughout. Um, And even though I feel like it only really hits for the already initiated uh, doesn't change for me that I think it's great. Um, uh, even though this band took me a long time to get into this, I, I think I described it to Brett the other day. I said, uh, this is like a sleeper agent favorite band of mine, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, I dig this record a lot. And I think if you like progressive power metal, there's probably no way you won't like this band or at least one of their albums. Um, so I gave it an 88. Very good score. Yeah. I would like to add to mine originally you like to add some points to your score no oh. I'm not going to add points okay because I wasn't going to uh, let you 
originally I had this album scored um, in my little journal as a nine out of ten, uh, but then kind of the more I listened to it, the more I was like, uh, I don't like it that much. So I, hmm. you know, kind of formed my thoughts a little more, and I was like, it's actually not quite as like astounding as it was on the first listen. So that's a little, just a little interesting little tidbit for you guys. I mean, this is this is one the the first time I listened to it all the way through. I knew my score was going to be. Uh, in the low 70s mm-hmm. and the, I mean that's where it ended up it didn't really grow on me I just I enjoyed it immediately it, to the degree that I I think I'm always going to enjoy the album I don't think I'll ever change my opinion about it it's good but I mean it, it's not really like blowing my mind or anything Maybe it's good enough to be the fifth highest ranked album in the world <laughs> <laughs> shit out of, you're right out it of, is out of eight now Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. Yeah, eight. Give me a hell yeah, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So I the, go to bed. the order here, you have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> After that joke flopped. <laughs> <laughs> the order here, let's see. The number one album of all time, Faith No More, The Real Thing. Number two, Deep Purple, Machine Head. Number three, Prince, Purple Rain. Prince and the Revolution. Prince and the Revolution. <laughs> Gotta get Wendy and Lisa. Number right. four, Fleetwood Aquafina. Mac. Fleetwood Mac, Tango in the Night. Shit, wrong one. <laughs> Who's Aquafina? What the fuck was the girl's name for Purple Rain? Uh, Apollonia. Apollonia. I called her Aquafina. Appalachia. That new lady. Number five. This. What was it? Pagan's, Pagan's mind. mind. Celestial Entrance. You spelled that wrong. E-N-T-R-A-N-C-E. Entrance. Is it? Is it not spelled? Why, I thought I looked it up and Entrance. it was spelled that way. Entrance. Oh, it is spelled right. Why the fuck did I write it that way? You lose five points for spelling. Yeah. Take okay. Take my score down. That gains. That gains points for it. No. <laughs> uh, uh, number six. Number six is two mold planetary clairvoyance. It's seven sixty-seven point two five. Number seven is a very close number seven. The police synchronicity. And then the eighth best album of all time. And worst. Also the worst album of all time, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Be a Man. Still does not deserve to be at the bottom. If you go by negative oh, space. What out of these eight good. deserves to be at the bottom other than Macho Man? Synchronicity. You're full of shit. <laughs> you really tanked synchronicity, Nick. You were unfair. Man, I still stand by that. That's I hate that's it. That's a garbage score i don't it was a garbage fucking album to me dude i I don't know man i'd like you're crazy so all right next week thought this was america think fruits dead kennedys cranberries no oh god if you picked a fucking cranberries album dead kennedys i didn't i didn't i'd tell you if it was i would listen to cranberries what what decade 70s fruits 70s neil young it, when you say think fruits is fruits something to do with the band name uh album album yeah eat a peach yes that's why i i it's hard with dennis in this fucking group who is that almond brothers it okay. is their you should have said think nuts <laughs> think uh no the almond brothers it's different <laughs> I've think, never listened to the Almond Brothers. Think, interesting. Think bros, you know. 
Um, yeah, it's their swan song with Dwayne Allman, leader of the Allman Brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a really good album. Yeah. It's fucking cool. super super tight. It's half live, so I don't know if that's breaking any rules, but no, not it at is all. also their... Purple Rain had live record. Had live strikes. Yeah, I guess so. So it's their... It's kind of their accepted pinnacle. Okay. Are the live songs new songs for it, too, or are they... They are not... There's one that is was has been previously court, recorded... But most of them are new okay. or covers, I think. Sweet. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. All right. You ready for that, Dennis? Uh, yeah, I, I own this album, so. Easy peasy for Dennis. It's a I, peach for him. I don't know if I've ever heard anything off this one. I've heard very, uh, like, random Almond Brothers stuff. So. This will be, it's a good... I was always you know, <laughs> really get into it. I was always really partial to their uh, instrumental tracks that I heard. Yeah, I like their instrumentals a lot. There's some of that going on. Looks here. Looks like this one has a 35 minute instrumental track. Mountain Jam, baby. Mountain mm. Jam. Mountain Jam. Yeah, I'm they're, interested. Like Mountain Toe Jam. They're like, they're like the Grateful Dead, but good. Good. <laughs> That's an opinion. I'm worried. For, I was worried for a sec. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're not like the Grateful Dead, other than the fact that they have long jams. Thank God. All right. Not like the police, are they? They almost very similar to the police. Pretty much the same band. (laughs) Same members. I'd say they're not even alike at all. I've actually heard that Greg Allman and Sting, (laughs) a lot of people say you never see them in the same place. (laughs) They have the blonde thing going on. Mm -hmm. So... All right, we'll love you guys. <clears throat> Bye. Bye. Listen along and join us next time. Maybe maybe we should have an actual <laughs> goodbye instead of one just abruptly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, listen to that Almond Brothers record and uh, listen along with us. It's going to be fun. Next time, eat a peach while you listen unless you're allergic to peaches. Yeah, uh, don't choke on the core. That is actually, that's a really good caution. Be careful with the with the core. Do not do that. Maybe add a little bit of cream to those peaches. You won't be able to listen if you're dead. You know, actually, Nick, that's right. You technically don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's true. true. It's got you there. It's true. Bye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.